percussive. Obsessive. Obsessive. Obsessive conversive. Okay, episode six of Obsessive Conversive. I've got one of my best mates, um, known since school, uh, ex-army, sneaky beaky job now. Um, trained him for about ten years. Otherwise, he wouldn't. Was it ten? Yeah. Well, the asylum was nine nine years, nine months when it closed, and you trained with me before then. That was near the factory when it started, right? Yeah, in the factory that then became Body Works. We then moved to where the Blue Lizard was, if you remember, and then I set up the asylum. So that, you know, so I did the training above the barrels. Or I'm not sure you did did that. So I did, yes. Yeah. That, well, what was you it know, before? Like what was it called before you took over? Or was it the same name? What was the name of that? Oh, Archways. The, Archways, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's where I first started training, mm-hmm. um, probably from year nine at Bishops. Yeah, yeah, I remember go, um, Stuart, Stuart had it before my dad. That's I, right, yeah, I remember. I remember I used to go in there, um, I'd see sort of Ben, Dunsford, people like that in there. We always used to wreak havoc in the sauna. You get someone like Jabs would chuck a whole bucket of water on there. <laughs> which, like, nobody could sit in there for any longer than I. I'm pretty sure it was the Archways gym where by that point, you were already doing like the three hundred style workouts. Yeah, yeah. When I thought I knew, they were gopping. I um, I did sort of a cardinal sin, <clears throat> having spoken to people who actually trained the guys that were in those films, and yeah. later reading more into it, how pissed off people got that trained the guys over people imitating the three hundred workouts because that three hundred workout was supposed to be like the end physical test. That the oh, the athletes did, right, okay, they didn't cool, just yeah. they didn't <clears throat> just do that jump in straight away. They, yeah, and they you know they were they were built up, and that was like a, a fitness test basically. Just yeah. see if you if you could do it, you could you got something at the end of it like a a memento T-shirt or what were they annoyed about though? Uh, because so many people started posting videos on YouTube and stuff and sending it to Mark um, and the guys at Jim Jones, and they were like. You're missing the point completely here. That's not what the actors did. That was just a test that they did. Yeah. And they were getting inundated. And then, obviously, the, the messages that they would get was like, how do I train to be like a, a Spartan that's on the TV? And they're like... You're Why missing- don't I look like that? Yeah. You're completely, <coughs> completely missing the point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mark's very much... Um, I'll give you an example of how Mark sort of corresponds with people through the internet. Um, Michael that I spoke to the other day is very much the same as well in that I remember messaging him once when they were doing a UK seminar for Jim Jones and said I'd love to come but I can't afford it because they charge like thousands of pounds well they did I don't know if they still do thousands of pounds to attend this this seminar which you you get lots of information it's like but you do a lot of working out with them as well Um, and his tweet back to me was if it's important to you you'll find a way and that's how Mark corresponds with people through the internet sort of thing. He's very sort of sarcastic, but he's also very clever at the same time. Yeah. And if and it's it's taken me really years, fifteen. Would every to, would everyone go to those seminars, even if it was like thousands of pounds? Yeah, you'd go. be surprised. 
I'd, you, I'd expect like just gym owners to, um, to go it's to gym owners, gym, gym enthusiasts. It's, just, it's sort of like-minded people. The whole, the original Jim Jones, which Mark, Michael, Rob, the guys that um, I've had on, they, they're nothing to do with Jim Jones anymore. They yeah. got forced out by um, somebody <coughs> that I believe, I, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, I believe you probably still follow him on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah loves, the lunatic. Yeah, I know, you, I loves, know exactly who you're Loves deadlifting to yeah, Drake, yeah. uh, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. But there, there was a big fallout over... I, I think I, I haven't... I remember seeing it all kick off on Instagram. Yeah. And um, mainly not... I, did, I wasn't following everything, but yeah. just mainly what he was putting up. Um, um, and I could tell that obviously they'd gone their separate well, ways. Yeah, I'd sort of... I mean, they'd, from what I can gather, Mark was forced out. Yeah. Um, a combination of the guy we're talking about and I believe his now ex-wife is still sort of running Jim Jones but gone back gone very much back to how they were before whereas I think <coughs> the the other guy was trying to take it that more um, let me think of the way that more sort of, well I, I noticed it because I was a you know, I paid quite a lot of mo a month to be part of the Jim Jones community online. Obviously, them being in Utah and me being over here, it was impossible for me to be yeah. um, in contact with them really in any other way. And I noticed that Michael left. I'd noticed that I hadn't seen Mark post anything for a long time. And I noticed that the Jim Jones website changed from sort of how Mark had it, which was very much black and white, but mm. black and white is in terms of the background was background was black, all the writing was in white, and all the photography. All of a sudden, it started being color, and it started looking like a men's fitness sort of website. And I was like, "Something's fucking, <coughs> something's not right here." Because yeah. Mark's always been that sort of that Fight Club mentality. You know, if you sit on the porch long enough, and you show me that you want me to train you, I'll train you. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that the that Jim Jones went for a period of time went away from that and it was sort of like anybody's welcome as long as you're paying us enough and that's I believe I don't know that as fact but I believe that's sort of what happened yeah. they sort of just went away and were like this isn't for us anymore keep it see you later start again you know and bit I, of a shame really I guess and I think so but um, I don't really look into that or think about that though every that, time I hear or see the words Jim Jones. Yeah. I just immediately when you see that and he, or hear it, I just the first thing that comes to my mind is absolutely stinking <laughs> sessions. <laughs> Trading, yeah. Like next level howling yeah. sessions, um, which we had the pleasure of uh, enduring. Yeah. Throughout the asylum days, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I was very much influenced in that place. Speaking by. of CrossFit, though, did you? Forgive me if you've already spoken about it. You probably have. Are we going to be <coughs> referring to... The tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Floyd19. That cost him a few coins, didn't it? Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> we don't have to go into no, it. No, no, we can go into it. We're like, nothing I, is... I, was, I, I wasn't... I was like, I could hear it. Because I've got a couple of mates down in London who run CrossFit gyms, mm -hmm. um, who I served with. And, uh, yeah, I, I started seeing a few of their posts and I was like, what, what are they on about? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, what's, what are they going on? 
and then um, <clears throat> then I started looking into it more and more and then and then um, yeah someone from work texted me and was like oh have you have you read the tweet have you seen what's happening and I was like no 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 so then you start googling don't you mm -hmm. going on to Twitter doing your research and you're like oh yeah that'll uh, that'll do it yeah especially in such like such a fragile time now yeah. you've got to be so careful with what yeah well um, speaking of being careful we'll come back to I'll, I'll do a finger cross thing uh, it, it, not least of all when you're in a position of you know yeah I when think you're in their position you've got to be like super clean and which by all accounts from what I've been hearing he absolutely wasn't yeah he was just <clears throat> looked after but every, every every CrossFit gym's loving it now, right? Because wasn't there, well, correct got, me if I'm wrong, every CrossFit gym that had CrossFit in their yeah, like business to, name or title yeah, had so to pay. Yeah. So that's all out the window now, right? So gyms and other I'm franchises not, not, are saving money, I guess. I'm not sure if it is out the window because they've, they have got a new CEO, I think. And I, I guess... I, I think So would the CrossFit games... Um, continue now well I suppose you know so. like the fittest guy on the planet I really enjoy that by the way that's, yeah. that's um, that I think it was Rich Fronin yeah um, what an absolute animal that yeah. guy is <clears throat> and now it's uh, I believe Matt Fraser Fraser I don't, I don't know I've got I think he's still the current sort of like number yeah. one guy in the CrossFit world and they just did the most recent one that I watched on Netflix was um, I think they were over in Dubai Dubai or Abu Dhabi, mm -hmm. either one. Um, <clears throat> and by all accounts, it's the most, um, in many ways, the most important competition for all CrossFitters at yeah. that level, at that elite level, because of the money, the prize money yeah. involved in each of the events that they do. And um, yeah, it's just, I think there's prize money for each individual event. The and then obviously events, then yeah. there's the super check at the end, the big, the big ass check yeah. at the end for the whole who came first, second and third. Yeah, I think they'll probably... They, they, and for the sponsors, of course, as well, and, and they've got to keep they've got to keep the CrossFit Games. Um, they just have to find a new sponsor, a new. I take it a new CEO. What was the I think they have. I think they have found. Let me have a quick check because there was a guy, sorry, a guy called Dave Castro that um, that was. Yeah, because he, he was like he was like Glassman's right hand man, but I'm not sure. Reebok dropped him, didn't they? Yeah. Um, new. I bet his phone just lit up the next morning and it's just like, oh no. The new owner will be Eric <coughs> Rosa, owner of an affiliate gym in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Was that, do you know what? He might even. I think it was time that CrossFit <coughs> got somebody new at the top anyway. I think they, they've had, they had a lot of success and they, I don't know the I, ins and outs. I, I, Maybe I, they I, wanted him out, I, and they used that as like the smallest excuses. That well, he stepped down. What they needed to. He stepped down. They didn't sack him. They can't sack him. He's okay. The yeah. Chief executive, isn't he? <clears throat> well, they probably could have voted him out or something. Yeah, because they're on a board. By, I by all like. accounts of what I've heard from other podcasts that I've listened to, everybody around yeah. Greg Glassman was quite a um, an, an enabler to his. Yeah, the, is the way he treats people in general, women, the you know the different ethnicities. They yeah, 
apparently the the higher up you went the more you were sort of expected to brush it under the carpet should we say yeah you know if you notice something <coughs> you, don't, you don't fucking say anything because they well that's what happened to Mark at Jim Jones he was he was there or thereabouts with Greg Glassman Mark decided he wanted to speak out against not necessarily what, Mark wasn't speaking out against Greg or mm. against um, <coughs> against CrossFit on the whole what he was saying is that it only works as long as it works yeah in terms of a of training to get towards something so when he first started doing it he noticed massive gains in certain th certain areas but in the long term it wasn't helping his mountaineering right because if you train you do pick a pick up well pick any fitnessing do you know what I mean pick up a kettlebell and throw it above your head as many times as you can in three minutes it's going to fuck you up because even if it's light you can pick it up more times and if you've only been doing cycling for the vast majority of your training life and you suddenly start doing kettlebell work, it's going to be hard. It's going to make yeah. you sweat and you're going to think, Jesus Christ, my shoulders are looking good now. Yeah. Because how much do your shoulders work if you're on a <coughs> road bike? Not a great deal. Well, that might be bollocks. You might, you might, it yeah. might work loads. Yeah, exactly. but do you know what I mean? You All of a sudden you get some shoulders on you and you're like, Hey, this CrossFit works, <laughs> and like, yeah. he's, and he, be, I think he basically said, yeah, it only works as long as it works. And he was um, like, uh, another guy that got what do they call it? They, they're they're on a they were on a wall in either Dave Castro or Greg Glassman's um, office. There are pictures of them, and they were like blacklisted. You cannot talk about those people. They cannot even be mentioned. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, because because they spoke <laughs> out against CrossFit. Oh, okay. And yeah. that's why a lot of people that I've heard are saying that, that him going is good because now the company can evolve and it can yeah. become something that's not. And that is probably the longest I've ever spoke about that company. Yeah. I've always known the ins and outs of, of what people have said about it, but I never bother engaging. I used to, early days of Facebook, I'd, I'd get into arguments with people, like people doing pull-ups like they're a fish out of water. It drives me mad. I but know, I, yeah. I, I, I soon figured out. Well, I soon <laughs> figured out. I said soon. I think it's more... Eight years later, I realised yeah. if you talk to people on the internet, they're usually very good at talking behind a keyboard. Oh, mate, beyond. Do you know what? On that subject, like, I, you know, you get your memories on Facebook as well yeah. of, like, statuses that I used to write. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking, mate? When yeah. I, like... I don't, I don't even know if I can... I, I'm not even going to repeat some of them that I've put on Facebook. Okay. I was literally about to, but then I was like, no, actually, just in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Um, and the then one, The ones that always get me, though, mate, yeah. is like early days of Facebook, and it would ask you what you're doing, and you'd answer it. Was it what you're doing or what's on your mind? Well, what's on, it changed. For, like, it was like an evolution. Now it just says status, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It would go the amount of times that I would write is, and then whatever the fuck I was doing, and I look back and go, why? Yeah, why? It's I, I have so many mixed like thoughts and 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 views and opinions, if you will, on social media as a whole. Though, like sometimes I I'm scrolling through the news feeds, and you know you get sucked into that mm -hmm. whole social media freaking and vortex it's also, and it's the, the algorithms are designed like <clears throat> if you've got a view on something oh my god it yeah will send you more views on that same subject the yeah. way that you're like say it's put politics 
say if you've written statuses or even it's scary, spoke mate. about it yeah. now because it picks up. We're literally tracked and followed but, every, and, by every but move, it, aren't it, we? It, it reinforces. <clears throat> this is why you get so, all these social justice warriors on, on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Because they're only being influenced by people who think the same. Yeah. So they are continuously being reinforced that what yeah. they're saying is correct rather than maybe having the occasional article that makes you, that you read and go, ah, yeah. Wrong. <laughs> they're constantly yeah. being reinforced by the I same know, yeah. fucking wavelength. <laughs> but um, I've gone, I've gone through apply so many times on people's tweets and whatnot. Do you know who's, who's good to follow? Who? Mitch. I don't know if Mitch. you follow Mitch on Twitter. I think I might do because every I, now and again, I I've see got Mitch James has replied to. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have seen a few of his responses, and and he's liked statuses. Mm-hmm. So I guess that means I do follow him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure whether I did or not, uh, but it I is must quite do. funny because he he'll re- it's usually like left leaning politics. Yeah, he'll in typical Mitch fashion will reply, <laughs> and then you see the replies underneath. <laughs> I know. I, well, I Do you know, you know Rob Haynes, right? You know Hayner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, well, I know, I, he I don't replied know. to Piers Morgan. <laughs> 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 I can't remember what it was now exactly, but Piers Morgan responded to Rob. Yeah, it was quite. Um, I'd have to try and find it, mate, because <clears throat> Rob basically just savaged Piers Morgan on on Twitter. Yeah, and then Piers Morgan came back with his, you know, usual um, sort of like responses to on Sean's podcast Piers Morgan's known as he shall he who shall not be named <laughs> right because okay does he just hate the name well sure no Sean actually, does he hate him or? Sean depending on the day you catch him sometimes is like talking to Piers Morgan <laughs> right and yeah. he'll agree with things that he says but <coughs> because he's an Arsenal fan oh and yeah. he, he tweets stuff about it like uh, initially I used to follow him because I was like sometimes he makes sense like you you got to take it. He does massively, mate. Like I agree. I, I'm, I'm pretty but sure. I had to start unfollowing him with like how fickle he was yeah. over yeah. certain Arsenal players and Wenger <clears throat> and stuff like that. So I was just like, and Sean started bringing him up on his podcast. I was like, right, okay, we're not going to give him any more fame than he's already got. Yeah. The three people that listen to the podcast <laughs> do not do not need to do hear. Do not his need name. to hear about him. But he's one of those controversial figures, though, isn't he? Where I. There's some days where I just think, what a cock. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where I'm like, oh, actually, mate, you've got a good point there. And, I wonder and, how much <clears throat> of that is a character. Yeah. I don't know whether it's be the, the type of person that I am that likes the certain things that he mm-hmm. does. Like, he absolutely rinses politicians when they don't yeah. answer the question or when they refuse to answer. And he's like, you're not letting me speak. And he's like, yes, but you haven't answered the question. Answer the question. Mm-hmm. And you just... But at the same time, he he doesn't. A lot of the times, he doesn't let them speak or get a word in edgeways. But yeah, yeah I also um, think that um, in the same way that you might like him for the way he speaks to politicians, most people don't like it when he talks to a normal person like that. Yeah, and it's like you can't have it both <laughs> ways. No, yeah, because if that's the way he speaks to a person, I'm all for giving politicians shit. They're running the country at the end of the day. They yeah. need to be put under some pressure, don't they? Mm-hmm. But. Um, but yeah, normal. See if he's on the street, just uh, you know. But in at the same time, if they are willing to go on a show, they should yeah. be spoken to the same way as a politician. Maybe fuck fuck most people anyway. That's what. That's yeah, it. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, in terms of because so you were saying before we started recording, you were a bit nervous about 
like laughing constantly or um, yeah i was expecting to have laughed even more than what i have done oh already you, by you now. will do if i you know I have, like, I said, stupid I... loud uncontrolling laughs yeah. as well so <laughs> yeah. you can probably have to edit some of yeah. things like i said to you before um, well sean caught me an absolute cracker the other day have you seen <laughs> the the docuseries uh, athlete a Mate, I was gonna fuck. I was gonna literally bring that up. Right. When so. you, the moment you mentioned about when you were talking about the CrossFit and the um, the treatment to, to yeah. women within the CrossFit mm-hmm. world, and then I was thinking, oh, yeah, I haven't seen funny it. Funny you should say that. I've had a I've had a real um, issue with watching TV recently. I can't. I either fall asleep or I'm just like, I'll go and do something else. I'm not not fussed. I'm sure I've just seen something about the British gymnast sort of yeah. well, well some, the reason Sean brought it up is his daughter does gymnastics and they sent out letters oh. about it saying they take it very seriously and Sean was like of course you fucking take it seriously yeah, yeah. But I don't the, want the my Sean I don't want me. my daughter being fingered whilst I'm sat yeah. in the same room if that's alright with you yeah so I had to apologise <laughs> over and over and over again after I burst into laughter so much that literally the oxygen left my body because I haven't seen it bear in mind and he said oh, he went a physio's talking to a police officer and he says have yeah. you ever anally entered one of your clients <laughs> and he replied yes if, if i needed to um inspect their coccyx and that, at that point the laugh came out because yeah. i know physios and i was like that's not a thing we can avoid sticking fingers in orifices yeah is that the right word yeah um <clears throat> yeah mate it's it's a good watch you should definitely um get it took me ages it. to watch uh, the last dance with uh, the michael jordan one are you kidding me it took me ages to watch it because everyone this is this is part oh, of my mate obsessive. i was chomping at the bit waiting for each one to be yeah. released like. so part of the reason this is called obsessive conversive yeah. as you know from like me training you for so many years and knowing you for so many years is <clears throat> I quite often, if everyone's doing it, yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, that's a fair one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it that way. Or like the whole the, the Michael Jordan documentary, I, I was actually chomping at the bit because Michael Jordan was playing. Yeah. And I was, I, I suppose you, you got the tail end of it because he sort of finished in like 2003, didn't he? So yeah. you would have got the tail yeah. end of it. But yeah. when I was at Bishops like me Donkin Mason all those with like idolised Rodman yeah, Jordan yeah, yeah. Pippin <coughs> so you've Tom watched Malone. it oh I've watched, watched it, it yeah, yeah yeah it just took me ages because everyone was talking about it and yeah. I was like no bollocks I'm not watching it and then I was, afterwards I was like uh, I should have should have watched that from <laughs> yeah. the very first episode <laughs> no, um, really really interesting though Rodman was a, a lad, wasn't he? He's a fucking <laughs> nutcase but he I, I read his book though Jeez. so I knew I knew a lot of that what came in that anyway yeah but um it's funny because he created that as well because when he was at the pistons he was like, was that before he came to, that was before, before he, he went, went to, to the bulls, bulls yeah because yeah. he was causing the bulls a lot of dramas wasn't he yeah because um but when he first went there yeah he, he didn't even get like draft picked picked mate the pressure's just been released because i was also so afraid me and jen have a thing where we literally just 
continuously rip each other yeah. when we come out with the most bizarre made up words yeah. um, and you've beaten me to it yeah. how long have we been going now and you've, you've, yeah you've nipped me beat me to the line mate yeah. well done I, I'm forever doing but I picked myself up on it yeah oh I do too yeah yeah massively what did um, what did Jen's gonna hate me for this but um, she was doing um, is it an anagram uh, a game she was doing with um, some of her school work lot. yeah yeah and um, <clears throat> it's like she she had um, the word priminista down, and I was like, priminista, and she was like, it's prime minister, you dick, and I was like, <laughs> no, you're the dick. <laughs> I was like, it's prime. That's one word. <laughs> then it's minister underneath. Uh, yeah, that re- I really Who enjoyed that it? one because she always gives me shit because yeah. I constantly make up names or like you know say them wrong and yeah. um, <laughs> I was with Morris in Prague and we were sat down and we were having some lunch and I was but uh, well sorry before we actually started eating obviously I was ordering off the menu <laughs> and I was like um, yeah can I take the uh, Oh, how did I call it? Can I take the gnocchi, please? <laughs> Morris just burst out laughing. <laughs> and there was also another time, I think it was my 18th birthday, I, there was only one menu for the desserts, and they were like, oh, just read it out for the table, and straight away I was like, oh, shit. Reading out loud. Yeah, reading out loud. Hate it. Um, <clears throat> and I came out with lemon meringue. So, <laughs> that must be a fucking funny because lemon meringue, me? No, no, lemon meringue. No, it's lemon meringue, mate. Okay. Oh, fucking Sean um, did the same thing, but when he was um, when he was getting engaged to Kate, he took her out to this real posh restaurant. Yeah. Sean's dyslexic as well, so reading's not a strong point. Really. Oh, God. Um, he'd ask the the waitresses everything to bring the um, the ring out when they finished. They got to order in dessert. Obviously, a lot of planning went into this one, then. I think, I think I'm telling this story, right? If I'm not, it's something. He'll correct you on the next time um, he comes on. Yeah, he said he was getting real, like, like sweating and nervous. <laughs> and then he had to ask for what he wanted. And he said, oh, I'll take the Maringu. And they were like, excuse me, sir, what? And he was like, and he held the menu up. Pointed, pointed went, this one. The Maringu. Don't make and, a scene. And bear in mind that in... A few minutes time, he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> speak to Kate and be like, "You marry me?" Yeah. At this point, he's there going, "Can I have the meringue?" And the waitress or waiter <laughs> just turns around and goes, "Do you mean the meringue?" And Sean just went, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> and now he's got the pressure of a a meringue coming with a with an engagement ring, oh. and <laughs> his his fiance to be is pissing herself laughing. <laughs> yeah. As this dumb shit do coming. <laughs> You've ruined the moment. I went out. I went out to dinner with a an, a, a chef. Well, he, he claimed to be a chef. Um, years ago, and for his starter, he asked for pate. <laughs> <laughs> he says you're a fucking chef. <laughs> pate, please. <laughs> Even I know it's pate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> yeah, I'm forever. The hardest thing since um, doing this uh, podcast has been um, this, exactly what I just did then, that that pausing. 
in between. Oh, mate, I was dreading this when I was coming in. That's why I was saying to you, like, how do you handle those moments? Because there's bound to have been times where neither of you just, you said, right, okay, oh, what are we going to go on to? Yeah. But then obviously, <clears throat> you must do a degree of research, I yeah, imagine, yeah. before each and podcast. I, I, and flick it. I, I found I'm doing it a lot too, like, almost too much at the moment. It's just going through, like, what's trending. Yeah. Just so it's in the back the back of my head. And then mm. if, if I don't know at the time, I just quickly grab the phone, scroll through, have a quick read of an article, yeah. Yeah. and continue. But um, I found it probably a little bit easier than Sean did when he started, because A, he started talking on his own, like during lockdown. Mate, that is nails. It's Fair, so hard. Hats off to him, mate, for doing that, because there, there would have been times where he I... L- he likes hearing himself, though. <laughs> Like when I listen back to this later and I adjust the levels to make sure we both sound the, the same, I, it agitates me. But have you got to have a bit of that though, like to do a podcast? I, I, because personally, mate, I'll be honest and upfront with you now. When you asked me to come on, mm-hmm. initially I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And then I have the second, then you have the second thoughts because that's my life. I yeah. always jump into something really <laughs> yeah. fast without fucking thinking about it properly. And um, and then I was like, oh shit, shall I actually? Because I was like, and then the more I was thinking about, and then you start overthinking yeah. things. And one of the things, if there was going to be one reason why I would would not have done this podcast with you, um, it would have been I fucking hate the sound of my <laughs> own voice <laughs> when I hear it back on yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And oh mate, it drives me mad. I I can't. I can't watch or hear something of my own voice. It kills me. And um, another example of my own voice with my carrot-crunching fucking accent, Herefordian accent, is when I'm away at work, wherever I am, someone will... And you'll be chatting with them, and they'll go, sorry, mate, um, where are you from? You know, with the whole squinty, Squinty sort of inquisitive look going on. And straight away... I don't just go, oh, I'm from, I'm from, I, I, it's not like most normal fucking people on the planet wouldn't even think twice about yeah. that question. They would just go, oh, I'm from such and such. Yeah. <clears throat> but I always think immediately when someone asks me that question, I'm like, oh, I've let it slip again. The, Hera, <laughs> the Herefordian accents just come straight out. Yeah. And to be fair, mate, nine times out of 10, they, they always reply, oh, yeah, I did notice that bit of Western twang yeah. in, in your voice. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. No. I personally, I hate it. And yeah. then I go on to tell people that I hate my accent. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's yeah. great. We just haven't heard it before. And we just wondered I, where it's from. And I'm like, oh, God, you have. And, and the worst thing is, is when they compare you to a Bristolian accent, they're like, are you from Bristol? Yeah. And you're like, no. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Have you actually heard a Bristolian accent? You cannot compare me to that, surely to God. Um, but um, yeah, and the other one that always cracks me up is when we go to America for work, they're like, <clears throat> oh, are you Australian? And I'm like, Australian? Are you fucking kidding me? How, how are you like, come on, there's nothing, there's no comparison at all between the British accent, even the carrot crunching Cornish British accent to an, to an Aussie accent, mm-hmm. they're miles apart. But um, but yeah, anyway, it's, that I mean, was my two pennies worth on my voice. Anyway. I think it's, it depends where you go in America as well, as and to who you're talking to when they 
So yeah. I remember, I remember being in in the Bronx. I was walking around with, um, I think it was the Bronx. The Bronx? Yeah, it was the Bronx um, in New York. <clears throat> and um, I was hanging out with a, a, a black girl and a, that was from the, that area and mm. a Dominican girl. And they were just, we were just walk, sort of walking around the Bronx. And when I say the Bronx, I'm talking sort of rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point, yeah. Which is where they, they were from. Um, and we were, well, first of all, this, this will give you a bit of an insight to what sort of area this was. We went to the store, like a 7 Eleven or something like that. Yeah. I think we're going to get some beers, and I think I was only 20. These are going down well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we'll get, we'll get some more on the go. Um, so it was maybe nineteen twenty. So I couldn't actually buy it, but they were older. So and from the oh yeah, it's twenty one, so, isn't it? Yeah, so they course. don't get carded, as they called it at the time. I don't know if they still call it that. So um, we walk into this store. Mm. As we're walking in, this skinny older man with a vest that was about four times too big for him. <laughs> And a pair of jeans that were round his knees. No, they they were held up by what can only be described as like his dad's belt. But he's an old man, so it clearly wasn't his dad's belt. It looked like a kid that was wearing his dad's belt. Yeah. And he had it like there wasn't enough um, holes, so he's obviously (laughs) pulled it so tight they made a hole. That's like so you can imagine like a real baggy wife beater vest, some baggy jeans that have been held up by this belt that's like. I don't know, something like Popeye would wear or something. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks ridiculous. He asked me if I want to buy a fridge. <laughs> he had a fridge neck to him. He's like, hey, man, you want to buy a fridge? I was like, oh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> looking around, don't get looking me. for a camera. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. I know that I'm in a rough part, but come on. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're, we got we got some alcohol and we were, we were going to one of the girls to meet up with some of their friends um, and two two of the lads uh, were working at the camp but they were from a different part so it was sort of like walk around fight, you know, get some alcohol meet up at a different place because they got weird drinking rules over there <coughs> and they like you can't drink yeah. on the street or you've got to have a brown bag or something yeah. I, I never know if like some of these stories I never know if maybe that some of it was from a film <laughs> because like when I when I talk out loud about it it's like yeah can't be yeah. that can't have happened so but it hold did. on if I put this bowl in this brown bag <laughs> we're good we're, we're good. good you just crack on drink okay. a 40 going up. Like, honestly they <laughs> yeah. would they'd buy that <laughs> shit and they'd walk around with it and I'd be like we have boys in the hood yeah come on <laughs> um, so anyway we, we go to this place and um, the, the lads that we were meeting up with at the time um their older brothers were out the front. Right. I bet you can't guess what they were doing out the front. <laughs> I don't want to I guess. shit you not. <laughs> shooting dice. <laughs> Living the dream. Shooting dice. And they had two t-shirts <coughs> on each. Right? One was up over the shot. Like, so the head was still in, but they pulled the arm out and put this over the shoulder. Had like bandanas hanging out of their pockets and shit, which I I thought was specifically a West Coast thing. Clearly not, because no. I'm in New York City. And I immediately hear the teeth slap. The oh, what? Yeah. Two black girls, two black lads. What? 
Not that white, though. I'm quite proud of that. Like yeah, you, you're, you're, you're similar to me. Like, <laughs> hang on a minute. Yeah. Right. But at the time I had my hair shaved, there is a picture on Facebook, actually, when I came back from that trip. That one? That's not the one, but that is the haircut. Yeah. Hair shaved, wearing jeans like this, probably a bit baggier, some yeah. Nike Air Jordans, maybe, probably, yeah, some, some Air Jordans, and a wife beater, probably oh, a gold chain. <laughs> Like an Eminem sort of look. Well, well, was he that sort of look? He might have been, but oh, he's really white, there. and I'm looking yeah, I a guess. bit Puerto Rican at this stage of being <laughs> yeah. in in New York. You're like summer. a Mexican cartel yeah. member. So it could go one of two ways here. Either they're they're pissed off that this white guy is walking around because I've I've heard. I don't know if this is strictly true, but black guys quite like to get with white girls, but they hate it when black girls get with white guys over there in certain areas. Should we say? Okay, yeah. I, don't, I may have just like called myself a slander on my f- sixth episode. You might have done. Well, I, might I, don't add, I might add to that. It's probably with the white girls with the big asses. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, think, I think that's a thing. I th- think for it's black a dudes. Thing. I may have made that. It's up. a it's a thing for white dudes as well. It's not racial. No, it's just what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, not, yeah. it might just be one person's preference, and I'm blanketing everybody. Yeah, but um, anyway, so these <clears> I hear the teeth that. And I immediately, like, my heart starts going a little bit. I'm like, fucking hell. Because, like, I've been, I've been over to the States, I think, the year before. Mm. I think put on a timeline when this, maybe. This might have been the first year I went, which might have been why I was bricking it a little bit. So I would have only been 18 then. Did you used to go over there to do the coaching? Or no, was that no, someone I, else? No, I did. Um, <clears throat> why have I got I that in my summer head, camps. Then? Summer but, camps, right, but yeah. I, but I was a sports coach for the first two years. Okay, and yeah, then I ended up yeah. doing, like... So I was kind of right. Yeah, yeah, nearly. Thanks, nearly. For, thanks for taking the interest. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, these these got, um, and then the girl that I was with, as in not with, but she was working with me at, at the camp, was like yeah. introduced me, and I was like, they were like, um, so I don't, I, I'm not even going to say a name because it's going to make me sound even more racist than I did by saying <laughs> that. <coughs> but um, so introduce me and I'm like hi how you doing and then I hear the teeth slap again ah oh, shit you sound like James Bond <laughs> and I was like ah. yes I do <laughs> say something else say something else I was like ah. what do you want me to say they were like yeah yeah and like they, that was fine because yeah. I wasn't a white You're American in. I was a white English guy so I'm yeah. different so no need to worry safe as ours is ended up just getting a bit pissed and wandering around the Bronx <laughs> but not dangerous at all not dangerous at all <laughs> there was another time that I was in um, I was in a bar again what shouldn't have been in there felt a bit pissed so I was like I better go left as I was walking out a guy was like hey you got five dollars I was like no he was like I just seen you come out of a bar man I just got out of prison do you want 20 <laughs> <laughs> There have you the go. wallet. You've been, you've been to New York a few times, haven't you? Yes. You ever done the taxi whistle? The I, haven't, I haven't done the whistle because, one, I can't whistle like that. I can just whistle the normal way, the boring way, which like, in New like York no fucker would hear no. over the volume levels of traffic and everyone else. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, caught. Flagged one down. Yeah. But not whistled. Um, no, I don't think I ever did the whistle. I don't make... To be honest, that... 
dude, it's very rarely do I find myself doing that. Like, majority of the time, maybe just jumping in Uber. Uber now, yeah. Yeah. I just thought all the time. New York would have been one of the places they would have maybe tried to stop Uber because taxis are such, because nobody, a lot of people I know, I know they don't drive. A bit like uh, <coughs> London, a lot of people don't bother driving, do they? It's extortionate prices, mate, for everything. It's just madness. Especially for parking. Yeah. Parking is outrageous, mate. It's ridiculous. I saw one was like $47 for 40 minutes or something. I was like, oh, that's a good deal. Who the insane. hell takes that? I suppose if you... It's insane, mate. Cheaper just getting on the subway. <clears throat> yeah, beyond. Not as safe. Or or doing your Ubers. Yeah. Um, the subways aren't too bad, mate. I, no. I use them a lot when I go over there. <coughs> Excuse uh, me. Um, have you ever got into JFK Airport, though, on the subway? Because uh, there's a few no. stops before that. Where I yeah. must admit, I had all my shit with me. Cause it's I was a long old, yeah. And there's some questionable characters on there. I'm thinking, and I think you've got to do a change. Just, I might just give you this stuff if you want it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to put up a fight. It's so expensive, mate. M- majority of the time, we always like to try and fly into Newark. Because mm-hmm. JFK, yeah. one, it can take two to three hours to just get out of the yeah. fucking airport. Yeah. And then you've got another hour and a half on average. Um uh, from JFK into, into Manhattan yeah. it, and if you haven't so either if you do fly into JFK try and pick a flight that gets you in at like a death o'clock sort yeah, of time because yeah, yeah. trust me it's worth it just getting to your hotel that little bit quicker mm-hmm. or your apartment wherever um, but because <clears throat> where we live it's the west side of Manhattan in mm-hmm. West Village sort of area so we try to go to uh, Newark and it's village, that's quite a straight area, isn't it? Oh, mate, I don't know any... <laughs> to be fair, mate, I'm not sure if there's any straight areas at all in Manhattan. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, um, yeah, it's out there. But from Newark to to Manhattan, it's sort of, mate, it's lovely. It's such a... It's, you know, you fly out of the airport, and, yeah. and it's literally 30 to 40 I've minutes. Flown, <clears throat> I think I've flown in, into Newark. But then back out of JFK. I, I remember, remember thinking at the time, I was like, it, yeah. Oh, traffic. New York is way better. That might have been the last year I went. Actually. New York's loads better. It doesn't even compare, mate. Honestly, it's. Um, we got on a. I remember we got on a flight once from New York. We were flying down to Atlanta. <clears throat> and um, we got on the plane and we were like, bloody hell, we got. That was, that was fast. We did that really well. And then. Yeah, we, we clearly spoke too soon. It took us a fucking hour and a half, mate, to taxi from from the time we got pushed back from the boom, you know, mm-hmm. which you walk onto the plane from. Um, it was an hour and a half uh, before we were wheels up Ooh. actually flying, mate. It was unbelievable. The traffic, mate. Yeah. The, the amount of planes that were queued up um, just waiting to go from JFK. It's just... It's another level. The, um, I found... Found the security there as well, which is like super rude. Yeah, rude. And I mean, they're gonna be. They're, they get, a, they have a, they're to be. New yeah. And B, that amount of people that they must see millions of people a day. Oh mate, yeah. And yeah. Also, don't be rude. Although it was a, a bit of a surreal experience when I just finished my last rotation, um, I flew the client into New York, mm-hmm. and we were flapping a bit because we were like. Oh, God, because the day before, we saw, um, was it the day before? I think it was the day before, 
there was a mad rush for people to get into New York because Trump had closed the borders for all of yeah, Europe. Yeah. I remember speaking to you. With the exception of the UK at that time. Yeah. So, and then obviously when that happened, there was just a mad rush for everyone to jump on flights and, yeah. and everything else. And we were hearing just like these ridiculous stories that American airlines were charging $20,000 just for people to get on an economy seat back mm -hmm. home to America. It was fucking mental. Um, <clears throat> so we were seeing these queues and they were going on for like seven, eight hour long queues, mate, to get through the airport upon arrival because you basically had this mass influx of people from yeah. Europe trying to get in before the border shut. And then, um, <clears throat> and then when we flew, uh, a couple of days later, they announced that they were gonna shut the borders to everyone from UK as well. Yeah. And we flew in, mate, and we landed three hours before the border was due to shut to ev for everyone from the UK. And mate, we just walked straight in. There wasn't even, we didn't even wait for one, we kind of, we were traveling at the front of the plane. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, which is obviously a bonus. Uh, so we, we would get off the plane first, but, it, and we weren't hanging around. We were just, we were walking at quite a pace because we yeah. didn't want people overtaking us. Yeah. I know, as sad as that sounds, yeah, yeah. if you fuck up. A lot, I see a lot of people doing the schoolboy era of getting off the plane and going to the first toilet that they see before yeah. going through passport control. I'm yeah. like, you idiot. You just put <laughs> yourself at the back of 400 people on this mm -hmm. flight. Um, <clears throat> But um, yeah, mate, there was literally nobody at the uh, at the uh, at the immigration desk, and we just fucking flew through. Um, it was great. I that was the, the one and only time at the airports and stuff. Right when the whole COVID thing had started, and places were starting to shut down. Yeah, the Americans are mental. So they they were still allowing flights on domestic. Or when when was this? I think I can't remember. I just remember seeing the photos of like maybe Dallas Airport or something like that. Right. And there's these people just bottlenecked in this oh, thing. Oh, yeah. There's a, they've announced that there is a pandemic. Oh, I know, So mate. they put as many people Yeah, exactly. Together. That's what they were saying on the, the, the reports that I was reading. Are you... It's fucking stupid, isn't it? I've, but I've the people, the people that are running, the immigration officers that are in charge of all the lines when you're mm -hmm. getting off the plane, thick as shit, mate. <laughs> Quite literally <laughs> thick as shit. That we had... Um, I think 80% of the plane was immigrants, yeah. foreign immigrants from different countries, and the other 20% were obviously nationals yeah. uh, from America. And they had 20% of the plane for the nationals, they had five immigration officers, and they had two for the 80% of the fucking foreign immigration yeah. guys coming through. And you're like, I think you should have this the other way around. Like, if I go to Morrison's, I hate it, but I can tolerate it. Yeah. Because they've at least got enough checkouts to yeah. for the people that are <clears throat> potentially going to be in there. Do you not use a self-service though? Oh yeah, yeah. But it depends. I literally it? take full-blown trolley fulls through that, through the self-service. <laughs> You're a rule breaker. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Ten items, fuck off. But um, no, but when you go I to cope Lidl or Aldi, yeah. why do they only ever, doesn't matter what time of the day, have one cashier? Yeah, it's just retarded. Isn't and it? there is a lot of people that use those yeah because they're, they're slightly cheaper yeah i think i don't know like yeah I, like they I said, are I yeah don't really i don't use, i think I'm they more are inclined if even if it costs me more i'll go to tesco express or i'll go to the premier 
and pick up the little tidbits. So probably over a month, probably <coughs> cost me fucking through the roof prices, but it means I don't have to go to those places. I don't think I've ever been to Aldi. I've done Lidl. Is Lidl where the old Blockbuster was? Yeah. Yeah, I've done Lidl, but I have never done... Blockbuster. <clears throat> yeah. We did a pub quiz, obviously, throughout when the main lockdown yeah. was going on. And someone said, can you name the shop? I, can't, I think it's a calf now. Do you remember... Oh, you know where Connell's is? Yep. What was that video? Backstage. <laughs> One of the questions yeah. was, what was the name of that shop? <laughs> the video yeah, shop. Yeah. Backstage, but yeah. There's one up by my mum's house. That is a throwback. If a you, big one. You may not remember because you... Back at McDonald's? No. You know where my mum's shop is? The premier with the post office at the bottom of Old Nine Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the beauty salon is. Yeah. And half of that shop that shop used to be Smallies. Do you remember Smallies? No, I was a Bart Street. When, when, uh, what year yeah. are you talking? Oh God, I would have. That's like when I was at Hampton Dean. Like oh year, mate, yeah, I wouldn't know this because I was. I you was were at Bart, Bart Street. Street. I was Bart, Bart Street. Street. Shop ended it. Um, it's only just got a shop now. Did it have a shop? It probably didn't. I don't think it did. Bart Street now is the size of Tupsley. Yeah. It's. Have you seen all the work they've done there now? Yeah. All the different houses. Yeah, by the new inn pub and, it, and everything yeah. else, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, they've, they've thrown them out. It's, it's mental how they just throw houses up. I grew up in, uh, is it Burden Drive or Barnaby Avenue? One of the two, or both of them even. Completely different names, I don't know. Opposite the new builds <laughs> that they've just put up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. look run down and tired now, to be fair. They need, um, yeah, they need a bit of TLC. I am... Um, so I was, like I said to you the other day, I was talking to Mason. Yeah. And he was... When's his next one? September. Right. I might. Are you staying up tonight? I could. It's a stinking out. I That's could. what breaks me with the UFC, mate, is they still go on the, the US times wherever they put the fights on. Yeah, which I'm is like, going to be howling in um, Abu Dhabi. Or Abu Dhabi, wherever. yeah. I don't know what that is. I, I know it's... I mean, the fighters are... Like I said this to Sean the other day, the fighters must be fighting at like earliest two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, because they're, th they're well, three hours ahead of us, aren't they? That's no good for them, is it? Unless they're eight hours ahead of the US. So usually the, the, the prelims start at six, don't, don't they? Don't they go off? So the prelims would be eight. No, you're right. The prelims would start at like 2 a.m. in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, so Jack's on at, I think he's second or third fight on the prelims. Second. Do you see what um, I just saw today? I was follow. I looked at all of his. I, t I texted him on Saturday when I was live <coughs> with Sean. Right, mate, what time are you fighting? He went Wednesday. I was like, shit, friend. <laughs> 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 um, but um, I. What was he saying? Oh, yeah, do you see Dan Hardy's? Um, no, I'm going to say no already before you ask the question. I'll find it. I'll, um, I'll use the audio on it. What is it? A video? Yeah. A post we're talking about? Yeah. So uh, it's just been liked by Jack's dad, actually, uh, Shaky. Yeah. Uh, I found this earlier. I don't know if it did. It might have been. Fighter on Fight Island, which Brit is going to shine the brightest? Which is the one that, once it's all over this two week period of four events, that we're going to walk away from going, they stole the show? Dan, I'm coming to you first. It's Dan Hardy. <laughs> 
Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the fighter that we've 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 glossed over, and I think we're crazy to just kind of gloss over him. It's Jack Shaw. I mean, yes, I, I, I've watched this guy come through Cage Warriors. Every time he steps in there, he fights like a veteran, like a mature individual that's been doing this a long time. He's also got Brett Johns joining him now down at uh, at uh, Shaw Martial Arts and that gym that they set up down there. And the other thing as well is, you know, Jack Shaw being being coached by his father and and by uh, Gary Lockett. I mean, what a what a team that is. And I just, I just think he's going from strength to strength, and he's going to be one of those guys that, yeah, you know, we love the big knockouts, we love the, you know, the guys that come in and make, have a fantastic UFC debut, and it goes viral. Jack Shaw is going to creep through this division and start assassinating some big names, and I think this performance at Fight Island is going to be the beginning of this process. Keep an eye on Jack Shaw. The um, I don't like talking. I was. This is the other thing before I came on this podcast. I didn't really want to delve into the whole UFC game because. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form in this. Yeah, but you can, of, you can, still, but you can still. I guess you can still have a talk about it. But he is. Um, he's. He's definitely. Uh, I wonder what that was. Then it was my phone. Yeah, no, it's, it's all good, mate. Um, he's definitely. Uh, he's great, isn't he? I saw his 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 um, his debut. Mm-hmm. Was it in Amsterdam or somewhere no, over Stock- that? Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah. Stockholm? I don't know. Anywhere. Somewhere. Anyway, somewhere over that neck of the woods, wasn't it? I was supposed to go to it. I think he got performance of the night, didn't he? Yeah, 50 well. grand. 50 50G grand. bonus, mate, on yeah. the on the first night. I mean, it's pretty epic. He's, I mean, um, he's got that Muay Thai guy um, coming into his camp, didn't he? Pretty sure he put up some posts. Oh some, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got they. He was some actual, savage. Sure, mixed martial arts. They've got they've yeah. got some some Thai. <laughs> <laughs> they've got a Thai. They've got a Thai. Thai coach, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Cooks a mean curry. Yeah, curry <laughs> pad Thai. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, and I know you mentioned him. You 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 brought up my name, I think, about when I rolled with him. Yeah. At Ash's gym. Yeah, um, yeah. That story, I like that made that me was, laugh. Mate, I gym. didn't even know who he was. I was yeah. completely oblivious to who he was. And there's another guy who they call the crazy horse. Crazy horse, yeah, yeah. Josh. I think Josh, his name's Josh. Josh Reed. Josh Reed, yeah. He's another cheeky bastard as yeah, well, he's mate. Yeah, he's good mates with Ash. I've been trying to get yeah. Ash on on the show, but he's. Um, I think he can still train in the same way that Jack and that could because it, I, think I saw him in Wales. They they've allowed. I think it's professional like professional athletes. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. Still, it's to go the serious to athletes who can who compete mm. a lot of the time and. Um, He's got. Um, I'll go back on to uh, Jack and Josh yeah. in a minute, but he's got another guy down there called Josh Gibbs, right? <clears throat> who's this? Um, I think he's like 110 kilograms um, rugby player. He's a Welsh mm-hmm. dude, like from from the valleys. Yeah, and he goes down and uh, to Ash's gym all the time, mate. I think he's just competed at the Euros. Um, on uh, in Jiu-Jitsu purple belt, he is. Yeah. That guy's an absolute savage as well, mate. It's great going down to Ash's gym because he's, you go down there and I know it's going to be, I know it's going to be oh, a yeah. humbling experience. Like every time you walk through that door, it's a bit fucked up psychologically in a way because it's not one of those classes. Like I've trained over in New York and I've done mm-hmm. some down in London and I go and I go through, you go through classes there and it is more, um, it's not as like, guess hardcore is is as good as word as any in many ways because you go through 
the majority of some classes in either London or New York, they're tough, don't get me wrong, there's some absolute howling guys, but um, you find that at least 80% of the class you're drilling, which is totally fine as well, because I need to do that for the yeah, muscle yeah. memory side of things. Um, and it's the only way to get actually yeah, better, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But then when you get to the actual rolling part, mm -hmm. nothing compares to rolling, to, yeah. to rolling to 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 ash's gym is what it does anywhere else mate yeah i literally come out of that room mate and i am fucked yeah to put it lightly um but i don't i don't mind that i and it and it's also a great thing in many ways as well because when i go to these other gyms and i and i roll with the next person and i know nothing about that person but i just know by looking at him or what level he is or whatnot yeah. i know it's never going to be any worse yeah. than what i'm having to deal with when i'm back home well, you, do you know what i mean i mean that's i'm not sure if ash still has an affiliation with shaky and and jack but i'm sure i don't no, know i'm sure there's no animosity there but i can only imagine imagine doing an mma class oh. at, at shaky not not so much as new gym because they are I'm sure it's still fucking savage, but I mean the initial thing, the the one that is in all the current videos of Jack or Jack Marshman training or Chris Edwards or Martin, I can never pronounce his, Mr. Pink we'll call him, that's his nickname. And you see all those guys training there. Imagine, because they're, they're all the sort of guys that you would get at Ash's place. And then you add getting punched in the face yeah to, to that it's like it's, it's no wonder no wonder those boys <clears throat> do so well i mean regardless of whether it's cage warriors or ufc or i mean you've only got to look at the success of all the guys that go there like like yeah. ash for example jack shaw josh oh, Reed. Mate, it's that's it's gulping they've got they've got three guys out of a tiny fucking village <clears throat> called abatillery it sounds like something out of a nursery rhyme <laughs> Fighting on, the yeah. <laughs> fighting on the world's biggest <laughs> show i remember once i was i was down and i was i was rolling with ash and uh i was on the fucking floor tied up in a knot and um <clears throat> and he just and he was like Khabib, and he was just simulating punching yeah. my face and i was like yeah mma is not for me yeah. i'm happy with just the jujitsu side of things yeah, that yeah. is fine um you just that's mental like that's next level. I, I don't think I you're really all there, are I, you? It might be that Ash never like had the time, or I, I don't really don't know. But I just thought that would have been a natural transition to Ash because he was quite good at boxing. I know he had one scratch. I know, yeah, he, I know he had right? one, and I, yeah. I just wonder why he just never because he's never been one to shy away from an actual scrap. No, old, old he Amos, is he is a fucking powerful dude, mate. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's not. It's not nice. <laughs> no, I've rolled with Ash. I've rolled with Ash. It's not nice. It's... I remember once you just grabbed me around there. Do you, do you know who my two sparring partners used to be? Not Ash Chris. Amos and Chris Kozaneczka. <clears throat> Chris, I actually enjoy rolling with Chris. He's a good crack. Yeah. Um, I think he's just picked up his brown belt. I want to say. He may have done, not. Yeah. I think it was just before lockdown. Mm -hmm. Um and. Uh, yeah, I I managed to get a few rolls in with him on a Saturday morning. He's he's a good lad, mate. Yeah, he's he's um, oh Chris class. He's quite as is Ash. Yeah, that's fine for you, isn't it? I f I find I feel I, like I'm fifty percent of the oh, size yeah, yeah, of yeah. both that's of those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just ridiculous for you to go into something like Chris, that. But I'll, even I'll give you one example. 
So Chris gave up his back to like so I could like it was towards the end of a session. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get these little legs around <laughs> around, around yeah. his tummy, and he was like he was shouting at me, "Lock your hooks in, lock your hooks in." I was like I literally kicked him. I got that annoyed. I got because he, he was in like the what do they call it the turtle shell position on his knees covering his face, and yeah. he was trying to get me to flatten him out by putting yeah. no no what was it no I was, he was trying to get me to put a uh, body triangle on him. Mm. And I couldn't, so I, 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 I think I need him in the ribs and told him that I couldn't. I, I think my words were, "I can't even get my legs around you, you fat cunt." <laughs> that was at the time that Chris wasn't cutting weight, to, and Chris is notorious. And Chris would be laughing if he heard that because he would come back to me after I got him down. I even said to him at one point, "I'll get you down. I could get you down to welterweight, Chris," because he's not a massive guy. But fucking hell, does he love eating? Yeah. And he'd yeah. come back to me. He'd just have, like, he'd have a fight. He'd get down to like... What's well to weight again? Uh, in pounds or kilograms? 175 pounds. Okay. Um, so and what, I would, um, what Chris is he... would walk around uh, around 120 kilos. Right. And I'd have the job before... 120? At times, yeah. Like, he Mate, literally... that is fucking heavy. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd get like... I'd 15 say... to 120, I'm telling you, he would get up to. Because I'm 100 now. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that and Chris I'm was fighting taller than him. I think. Yeah, Chris was fighting at times at heavyweight. Yeah. Okay. So that's your size human that would get up to like you would probably have to put a bit of weight on to then cut down to what you weigh now. Yeah. Whereas Chris was just eating biscuits. Yeah. And cakes. Not... And zero five sugars in his <laughs> five sugars in his coffee. And he'd come back to me and I'd have to get him down to 93 kilos in six fucking weeks. <laughs> and that was around about that time that he wasn't competing. So obviously, so that's when I was getting in roles with him. Yeah. And he, yeah, I just got so annoyed with him. Uh, I, you, he's not the person you want to call a fat cunt either. He's, he's, no. There's, yeah. a good, there's a good chance. No, like he's handy. You, like. he, he head kicked me once and I blocked it. But I actually got the, you know, what happens in a film when it like goes bing, and my legs didn't work properly anymore. <laughs> he did. I didn't actually go out, but it's the one, you know, when you see them very do, close. What do they call it? it? The chicken walk, <laughs> and his fucking legs are going everywhere. I had that, and it. I swear, for a couple of days, I didn't feel right afterwards, and I was like, how? Oh, if he's like, we'll call it, say at the time, a hundred kilos, his leg. His one leg probably weighs about 25 kilos, and that's just cracked me in my cranium. Yeah. So, not nice. Also, I haven't done a lot of martial arts at this point. Yeah. I play football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am I doing fighting with a, a, a guy that fights <clears throat> professional rules MMA and gets paid for it? Yeah, it's not. It's not wise. Stop it, yeah. dickhead. But I'm you, good. you say that. Um, it's all right for me because I'm kind of like similar size to these. Not that it's all right for you, but, but imagine being my size, having less experience than what you probably have now, and your only sparring partners. Yeah. Are Chris oh yeah. And then yeah, that's or, mental. Or Carl Corner at the time. Yeah. Who? It's not. Yeah, he was ninety-five to hundred kilos as well. So. And a handful, I imagine. Yeah. Definitely. But he. But mate, what what I what I find with jiu-jitsu as a whole mate it's just how addictive it it mm -hmm. can become mate it's absolutely mad um and, and and it's fascinating as well because 
you just you roll with the likes of these guys and the time it takes them to just if they really wanted to mm-hmm. either submit you or whatever take put you in a really horrible place at least anyway yeah. is literally no time at all it's just and you're like how it's almost embarrassing mate how fast they can kind yeah. of like dismantle you in in many in, ways and in in a positive way though that's got to be good for it's disheartening for people, but, but for it your also job yeah surely that's a that's a hell of a it's thing. great mate yeah hell of i a mean thing to have in your back pocket if you ever needed I, it. you'd never want to get in that situation no. um but yeah, it's obviously it's ideal. That would be better. Yeah, that would be better. <laughs> Again, we don't allow we don't, we can't carry annoyingly. Yeah. Um, but for those that, well, it's only I'm not video podcasting this one, so I literally just drew a pistol from my fake uh, coat, <laughs> and, and implying that carrying a gun would be better than using. Jiu-jitsu. Oh, it would be. That would be great. Yeah, not for me. <clears throat> I'd miss. Um, it's, well, surely not if they're that close. Probably. Wait for them to get really Probably. close. Probably, so I'd be like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is something that I've, um, I've actually. Like, this is this is what I mean about the tangents. That is something that and bow hunting. I've thought, what am I having a? You've been watching too much fucking Rambo, mate. You are. Yeah, but it would be. <laughs> Imagine if you came round and just like when we finished the podcast. We'll shoot a few arrows. <laughs> shoot a few. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it being quite fun. I've done a bit of archery, but it's. Um, I remember yeah. doing archery when I was in like school and just being terrible and being like, "That's not for me." Yeah, and you've got to have all the gear as well because the last few times and I've a hawk. It, I, I feel like the... you should have a hawk. As yeah, well. oh mate, yeah, have it all just then, hanging off you, you and you, you, you shoot your bow and then you just take <laughs> the little. Why do they have a lid on? Is it because something to do with their eyes, isn't it? Um, you take that off and they just swoop away and go and pick it up yeah. and bring it back and stick it back on man <laughs> you are a man yeah. well, <clears throat> maybe I'd have a cloak as well or something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why my brain went there but just feeling like as I'm about to shoot I just roll the cloak over my shoulder draw back the bow Kez yeah. <laughs> just sat on my arm shoot it let yeah. it go and then as it comes back lift it back over <laughs> get on my horse and roll away I do miss I do miss the old uh jiu-jitsu though it is great yeah and addictive as shit mate it's ridiculous do you do you roll in gi or no gi both both, both. majority of the times i think it's no gi with ash yeah, he does right. do gi a few classes with the gi but the times that i go down it's mainly no gi and i do a lot more gi when i'm in london or, or yeah. new york i would i um, didn't like the gi oh mate i fucking hated it as well to begin with because i used to just go in for things and I'd be just getting collar choked, yeah, mate, every two cool. minutes, and like all the power. They'd be like wrapping my lapel around my legs and shit, and I'd I be like, armbar. "What are you doing? I Come got on!" From like this bit of the gi, so it's in the back. Yeah, and then you've got. I the think it's. Bit. I think it's they, just frustrating. Like, wrapped my arm and gave me an armbar, and they they weren't even doing anything. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> I, I'm useless. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. It's just frustrating because you don't you haven't spent that long doing yeah. it and you haven't learned as much as what you you should know but um you know it'll come but um yeah it'll be nice when things go back to to normal and we can get back to that and jumping as well yeah um so yeah mason wants me to put you in contact with him because he 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 loves i don't know how it's allowed in his contract really because i mean but obviously it is but he basically he was scared of heights so we got into parachuting because he didn't want to be scared of heights has he never jumped before? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's jumped loads. Oh, has he got his license in that, has he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet, yeah. 
because I was thinking I didn't know whether when you said that I didn't know whether he wanted to just do a tandem. No, no, or he, um, if he no, he's he's fully, I think, up to a certain thing. Well, Swansea's got a drop zone. Yeah. That's probably his closest um, place for him to but go he, to I, and I'm jump. Sure but that, really. a lot of the guys that do jump in Swansea that I know, if the weather's shit for whatever reason which down there, which it always is a lot of the time, um, I go, I jump at Hinton, which is basically near um, Silverstone racetrack. Yeah, is that where uh, got a lot? Bracknell or Brackley? It's one of those two. I can't think of it now off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, is that where Fur got lost when he was filming? We both, me and both me and Ferg were on the same jump, mate. It was amazing. It was a, it was a tracking jump. So basically, <clears> the funny thing about it was, is you can hear him go, "Where the fucking hell am I going?" <laughs> yeah, Just before he exactly. Lands. Well, the blame wasn't, it wasn't either of our fault. To be mm-hmm. fair. So on a tracking jump, I think there was like five of us, and you have one guy on his back, mm-hmm. um, who everyone actually goes to, and then the guy on top. He's the one kind of like looking up and leading it, if you will. Um, And so Keith, his name was, the guy who was leading this tracking jump. Um, Basically, we were going off. You go out of the plane, you turn left and you track off. So you can't, you don't track off down the jump run because that's where everyone else is uh, piling out. So you go off left at a 90 degree angle and you're tracking away and you do tend to go out quite far. You're tracking, you're in like a bullet kind of shape body position. And so you're just going out and out and out. And obviously we were all getting, I think it was a good jump because the goal is to just get as close as possible. Close proximity yeah. flying is is just, oh mate, it's, it's incredible. I can't even explain to you the mm-hmm. feeling. It's just insane. Um, <clears throat> and I think we were all just getting so excited and laughing and everything was just going great. What Keith should have done was chucked in a 90 degree turn because right. then we wouldn't have gone that far out <laughs> from where we should be landing. <clears throat> and, and then obviously... It, we jump with um, we've got altimeters on our wrists yeah. and we also have little what we call ditters in our helmet so right. at like five and a half or five thousand whichever way whichever one you set it to five thousand feet your alarm goes off that tells you that that's your finishing your work Mm -hmm. alarm and then you'll hear it again at four thousand feet which is usually or or some people set it at like anywhere between three and four and that's your pull height you should be pulling at that height um and uh yeah so obviously by the second alarm we all like sprayed off like that and um we pulled and i remember looking i was going where the fuck <laughs> is the DZ? I couldn't see shit. Well, you, it was good visibility, but I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't recognise anything beneath me. I was like, "Where the fuck am I?" Yeah. So then I did a one eighty turn, and um, I was fully under canopy at this point. I did a yeah. one eighty turn, and uh, and um, and then I was like, "Fuck me!" I could ju- I could see it all the way in the distance. So then yeah. you're pulling on your front risers which is a thing you do to like speed up going yeah. forward. Um, and I just, I just about made it to the very top of the drop zone or the runway. Yeah. Um, but Ferg, because he was, I think Ferg might've been the guy on his back, you know, come to think of it. I'm pretty sure he was now. He, because he was like, well, I think he opened his quite um, late. Mm-hmm. And obviously that gave him less time to yeah, fly so his canopy yeah, yeah. back to the bloody <clears throat> to the drop zone. And I think he was he was in a position where he was like, "Fuck, shall I risk it and try and fly over these woods?" Because they were yeah. quite a wide 
um, woods, I'd say it was like 100, 200 meters. But yeah. obviously, at the, the height he was at, he was kind of in that position was, am I landing in the trees or <laughs> is this? And then he was like, fuck this, I'm going to play safe. Yeah. Turned and then landed in the field, which was a little bit out, but not too far. He did get the majority of his, his way back. But um, yeah, hell of a jump and just... That's probably one of the best tracking dives I've, I've done. Um, I, I've been, I can't remember, I think it was my brother's podcast, I may have mentioned this. It might not have been on anything, but I, I recently, I'm trying to get a, a section together called Shit My Dad Does Right. on my podcast, because as I explained <laughs> when I was talking to Sean the other day, my dad is the most, like his humour is not really there. Like I always describe him as having like, he's on the spectrum somewhere. <laughs> But that makes him fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Some of the stuff he does at the time is <coughs> infuriating. Um, but it also made him good at what he did. Like I showed you those photos of him earlier on my phone that um, yeah. of him jumping back in the seventies, eighties. You know, you guys jump with GoPros on. He had a fucking film crew on his head, that, VCR. Yeah, that picture you showed me before so was just. My dad was used to jumping with full kit. Yeah. He, he was usually like there was him and another guy who's my brother's um, like godfather were were like the the camera guys they were always um, uh, Dave unfortunately smashed his legs to pieces completely got a, a jump wrong yeah. you know he ended up having to like fucking sticks for most of his life to to walk with couldn't jump it again it happens mate yeah of course it does <coughs> the nature of the type of sport but um, yeah but before you continue I usually you find the injuries that I've seen anyway in the, the, the limited time that I've been in the sport, um, it's from people swooping in, which basically means they're fucking like putting these ridiculous 180 yeah. turns and swooping in yeah. and like flaring last minute and like skimming the fucking floor. Yeah, yeah. Those go wrong because parts of your canopy, when they go wrong, you'll have like uh, parts of your canopy will collapse, collapse yeah, yeah. and then you don't have the full canopy above your head and then you Speed go down up, a lot yeah. quicker yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then your flaring goes out the window yeah. and then you end up breaking femurs well, my, my old man always stands by he always says in terms of parachuting yeah it's like he, he i think he even said to dave who was his good friend um or it might not have been dave it might have been somebody else who was like put himself in a wheelchair basically yeah yeah and then his bridge <coughs> swings right back to my dad's spectrum behavior yeah is it's, it's all it's quite it's quite a difficult one when you're with new people or with people who are not quite i've said to you before absolutely mate, like, yeah you know, you've you've met my dad haven't you and yeah he, he talks quite brash yeah so the guy that he was talking to was um you know that everybody was talking around him you know because he'd just come back and they were having a few beers he's in his chair and whatnot i think my old man turned around and went well it was your fault and the guy like a few months later said that's what I needed to hear Tomo yeah I needed to hear that because yeah. I was blaming everything my fucking equipment everything he said it was my fault the reason yeah. that I'm I can't remember if it was Dave or whether it was a, a different guy but anyway so dad's used to jumping in full gear every time because if he's not um, jumping with all the camera kit he'd usually have some other stuff to carry because he was so light so my dad weighed less than me and he's not far off your height, is he? No. So he's like a, a gimp, basically. <laughs> and they'd have to weigh him down. He got caught in a thermal once, and he was up in the air and said... <laughs> Surely not, though, with... Oh, because... Was this military... This was a military, military jump. Yeah. So 
uh, static line? I don't think it was static line. I think it was. Um, I think they would. They were practicing for a display, and he. So he had no extra kit on though. So he's literally just jumping in jumpsuit, parachute, helmet. And Clearly, a parachute that was too big for him by the yeah. sounds of it. Um, and so he gets caught in this thermal, and he was up in the air for I can't remember how long. When was this? Was this years ago? Yeah, yeah, years it would and be years. Like eighties. So say. it sounds like it was just like the um, teardrop. I don't know what canopy might have been jumping. I think I think he was on rectangu- rectangular ones. Because usually with the steerables, look with the if you would have just pulled down the one, you could just spiral down. Yeah, but I, I, I can't <coughs> remember the the base the, like like every detail of it. Yeah. But for whatever but reason, he was stuck up. There. He got stuck in a thermal, <laughs> and I think it might have been that like it was it may have been a parachute was too big, and I think the reason <clears> for that was something. They'd done maybe jump, done jumps before when he had full kit on. Yeah. Didn't like repack the parachute, just went out maybe. So he's up there. When he landed, he couldn't land properly. Couldn't feel his legs for 20 minutes. Because <laughs> he'd been sat with the fucking thing pulling yeah, on him. Yeah, of course. For, yeah. For that, that long. <laughs> no he circulation. Stand up. He landed, his just legs were dead. Yeah, they had no legs. <laughs> hey, talking of um, parachute fuck ups. Um, uh, did you see that? Um, I think it was a, a Spanish uh, sort of military display going on. Um, that all the soldiers on the boots on ground doing all their marching and all of this, that, and the other. The king was there. <clears throat> all the every hierarchy you can imagine mm-hmm. was there on display. And then the air display guys come in and they're doing all of their performing. One of the guys, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was a Spanish air display team. One of the guys, mate, was coming into land and wrapped his canopy around a fucking lamppost. <clears throat> this lamppost, mate, was right in the middle of this parade square. <laughs> so you've got thousand blokes all standing to attention. The king's there. Everything, else, everything's going on, and no, everyone's in that sort of like catch twenty two position where. Part of them wants to go and help this guy, um, uh, but the other the other part of them is like, well, no, we can't fucking break ranks now because yeah. we're right in the middle of this whole bloody parade performance that's going on. So this guy was literally left there hanging, mate, off this fucking lamppost in his harness. <laughs> Could you imagine the humiliation that that guy went through? <laughs> Holy fuck. I imagine he got sacked, mate. I don't know. But those guys, mate, they've got thousands and thousands of jumps under their belt. And it was obviously down to human error and him just not seeing... (laughs) Him looking too far forward and not seeing what's right in front of him. Just before it happened. Oh, God. Or just as it's happening. He's (laughs) He's just getting wrapped around the lamppost. This shouldn't be happening right now. (laughs) swing ball. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's left there. And picture it in your mind. He's left there hanging in a fucking harness with the parachute wrapped all around this lamppost about 30 feet in the air, mate. <laughs> and all the guys just standing at attention like that, <laughs> staring up at him. I bet he was just hanging there for however long he, he hung there for. I don't know, but I think it was a while. He must have been hanging there going, oh, for fuck's sake, of all the times... <laughs> I'd like to think oh, that it was God. really hot as well. Oh, <laughs> mate, Google it. It comes up. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do miss it. It'll be great when we can find... Well, they've started again now. Yeah. But it's... Um, 
under these weird rules again like you've got to book in you've got to book a slot now yeah, yeah. they only allow certain numbers on the aircraft um face masks on the aircraft when you're mm-hmm. all in there and and stuff so i'll tell you what i was asking for like, i've got some obviously i've got some belter photos <clears throat> of you to put out on the socials when i put this episode out yeah but if you've got any of you jumping oh yeah mate i'll send some over but I have got I have got some howling photos. I've got some great ones of me and Ferg on in in the air that I'll, I'll send. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm well. Ferg was supposed to be my episode one. Oh, so was he? In, if anything, <laughs> like so. I'll get him on here, mate. Well, I, I will get him. On. But he's been a pain in the ass. And Ferg, when you're listening to this, you know damn well <laughs> he's been a pain in the ass because he went back to camp. I will, in his defence, though, before you continue, I've got a tendency of butting in, by the yeah, way. You may have noticed by yeah, now. Yeah, we've, we've been going for about two and a half hours. <laughs> we really? <laughs> he, he, um, he's, to be fair to him now, he's getting hammered on courses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's to, in the long run, I think it helps with his promotion. Yeah, yeah. I think he might be going down to Sanders now. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, but yeah, so he's been fucking smashed with courses and then what minimal time that he does get back home now yeah. he wants to spend with, with his, his, family, his yeah, family yeah. and his daughter but, um, and everything yeah else. so the, the whole thing was that during lockdown he went over to pick up a uh, keg of beer from Carter mm. uh, oh yeah across the road right yeah he then asked me if I'd cook him some burgers that he could pick up from outside outside the house and I was like well yeah I'm sure that's not breaking any rules or anything like that so yeah Turns out then I got the call. Got the call. We're going back to work, so I managed to um, the the butcher dropped me off some of the same mints. Cooked him a couple of burgers for him. Is it his wife? Yeah, Jess. Yeah, I just think, I couldn't remember if he was married or not. Yeah. So yeah, uh, cooked them a couple of burgers. He then asked if he could have one of my hats, and he'd get me anything that I wanted kit wise. And I was like, oh all right, sound. Yeah, if you can get me some boots at any top point, mate. And he was like, yeah, and by the way, I know you're starting your podcast. I've listened to you on Sean's. I want to be episode one. And I was like, brilliant. And I was thinking, oh, who else could I have? Where <coughs> I could speak to Nikki Keats, Tash Markham's a police officer now. That'd be quite an interesting one. See what oh, yeah. she's been up to. Yeah. Got Rob Fusco, who ended up being episode one. I've got Michael Blevins. I've got Daniele Bellelli, you know, Sean. Ferg, when can you, uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a Zoom call. <laughs> three, just hour, three hours later, I might get a text back. I'll let you know, mate. <laughs> so my podcast was actually delayed the start by about two weeks because I couldn't get hold of Ferg. Yeah. I, know, I know he's busy, but he did say he wanted to be episode one. So I was holding back so he could do it. Just didn't turn yeah. out that way. With Ferg, you just need to crack on, mate. And then when he jumps in just try and squeeze him in yeah, any yeah, way yeah. you can because I just get random texts from now and then am I grafting yeah <laughs> still grafting that yeah no, no, don't get a reply then <laughs> just get ghosted yeah <laughs> okay so we've had a quick toilet break as we've been talking for quite a while it was much needed mate to be fair yeah I think I think we were rambling about parachuting my dad getting stuck in a thermal oh yes that was it oh um, yeah and then the, and, the, Spanish, the Spanish guy, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah. do, I do love I do love like listening to ex-military people talk about some of the some of the shit the stories I, I, oh mate I could I, I ramble feel, on I, I don't know if it was you or if it was one of my 
I think I think I'm pretty sure it was you talking about when you had to do um, Arctic training. Oh yeah, Norway. Yeah, yeah. and d- disgusting. D- <laughs> Absolutely howling. I think one of the days was. I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me right. <clears throat> if it gets to minus 30 training stops yeah sounds a bit mental because if you are fighting a war in the arctic you'd i don't to, think you'd have to crack you, you just have to crack on. Time out, time out. <laughs> unless there's some sort of agreement on both sides mm. just fyi if it goes past minus 30 should we just down tools and yeah. just chill the beans for we'll a bit try and kill each other tomorrow. <laughs> it's far yeah too cold we'll to wait a few days till it warms up and then we'll crack on again <clears throat> um that was probably I think one of the best trips that I did during my time in the army, to yeah. be honest, because one minute it was just a, a roller coaster of emotions in the respect of one minute you'll find yourself lugging 120, you've got 120 pounds of kit mm-hmm. on your back, then you're pulling a polk, which is basically a sledge with filled with your tent, your yeah, cookers, and that all of the like a derogatory term for a Polish person. <laughs> no, Just pulling, pulling a Polish person behind you. So that's that. At times, is hooked on your Bergen, <clears throat> and if you if you tend to be one of the stronger skiers, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll find yourself with that the majority of the time because yeah, with 120 pounds of kill on your back, and then these stupid skis that they give you within the military to use is just daft mate um they're ones they're cross-country they're a form of cross-country skis where your heels are coming up um i think we must have covered about uh oh god what was it it was something ridiculous mate we'd gone like 4k in 18 hours or something like that we're like how have we not gone anywhere basically (laughs) (laughs) but mate it is unreal how slow a whole troop um moves through like yeah undulating terrain and up these howling hills because obviously you're not just going up what you would do on normal feet well you wouldn't yeah. do anyway on a no- in normal sort of terrain anyway but you're traversing even more on yeah, like yeah, an, yeah. an extreme sort of way um <clears throat> and it's just emotional mate like you're you're just your body's just smashed to pieces your energy levels are just through the floor freezing cold freezing cold mate well not so much when you're doing your yomps because you're obviously carrying all this kit and you're moving and so you you are you get warm fast but you get cold even quicker when you stop um so your warm kit's always close to hand but um in terms of the emotional roller coaster, yeah, one minute your like morale is just gone, it's non-existent, and yeah. then the next minute a guy will just come flying past you that's just lost control of his skis and just goes spanking <laughs> <Yeah>. in, <laughs> and he's like, Wah! and he's like flying, and he's like, and he smashes, and and like <clears throat> you can just see a set of skis coming out of the snow, especially if it's like a deep powdered sort of yeah. area that's been untouched. And it's just fucking hilarious. You've just gone from the world's worst mood to the best mood yeah. ever because you're like, I'm not in a bad place. I'm yeah. not in as bad a position as what he is right now. Just, like, <coughs> we'll get a few more. And it's things like that. And a few more stories, but I've got to tell you this one. This is a, this is a new story in terms of all podcast platforms for me. Yeah. Um, so I first went skiing when I was 18 months old. My dad being my dad like obviously being born with asthma and stuff but still being his first born son it was always going to be like that's not a problem 
you know, and that, that actually worked out quite well for me throughout like playing football and stuff because I never let any, and in terms of running a gym for the, well, running yeah. gyms for the best part of 20 <coughs> years, asthma was never an issue. was an issue with, I couldn't go into the military, which is something I wanted to do when I left school, but I just couldn't, they wouldn't allow me in. Because um, it's something to do with, uh, if you get, if you, they find out you've got asthma once you're in, it's fine. Yeah. But they won't accept you no. beforehand. Yeah. Fine, it is what it is. So first go skiing at 18 months old, apparently was okay for somebody that could barely 18 walk. 18 months? Yeah, somebody who could barely walk. I was actually quite good at skiing. Then went back again. I think there might be, there is a photo of it somewhere, but I, w I went back when I was about eight, nine years old. Um, Relearned to ski, because that's quite a big gap. <laughs> so I mean, 18 months, so a year and a half old to <clears throat> eight, nine years old. Um, I was already already able to skate and stuff, so I was quite quite good balance things like that. Did did the uh, it was in Germany, so they called it the kindergarten slopes. Started getting bored doing that, so whenever there was like a little hump or anything like that, I was starting to do jumps like I'd seen. So my dad used to have um, all the the VHS parachuting things like his um, people he served with were doing things like base jumping at that point and jump like base jumping in caves. And doing shit like that you know you've got Literally. to be a certain type of person to get to the level that they were at at yeah. the time when parachuting still not was not it's as still safe as what it is today still look, yeah. looking up and thinking oh, i don't know um Literally and the takes. same with the skiing like because he was a ski instructor within the raf as well so he was uh, anyway I'm fucking rambling get i get to the point where um he started get taking me up the ski lifts and starts going he knows the area well he spent a lot of time there um, and he starts making me go down he, he got rid of my poles for a start he was like you don't need them you're going down you don't need them while you're learning to do you know your snow plows and the different calves on the skates to make uh, the skis to make sure you're going you can go quickly in one direction quickly back the other direction bear in mind I'm eight or nine years old and I'm starting to go higher and higher I've, and I'm not great with heights I'll say that straight <coughs> off the bat. Anyway, we're about, say it's a two week holiday, so we're about a week in. Um, to get to this one area, I had to go um, up in one of the big lifts to get to where you need to be on the on the mountain. You know the, the gondolas? I don't know what. What, the ones that carry a lot of people? A lot of people, Or is yeah. it just the chair? Are we talking like, no, it's, it's, it's like a big like cart that goes up on the fucking rails. Gondola. Yeah. So get get up. Go there. with that. I'm literally like that, looking out the window, going, "Gee, where are we going?" <laughs> we get there. Dad has a couple of pints. Uh, my mum's having a hot chocolate or whatever. My brother is literally tiny. His skis must be like the size of a ruler. So yeah. it gets to the point, and my dad says, "My, I'm right. I'm going to take the boy." boy up and I'll um, we'll ski back into where we are takes me to a fucking Olympic black run <laughs> which, uh, which a lot of those runs as well are quite icy yes I was going to get to that yeah but at one point so we start off and he's being nice dad this is this is a great segment for shit my dad does actually he's got me in between and actually just saying that he didn't decide that we go to a black run. We got to a point 
on the ski lift, where so the, the one you sit on, like next to some people, that something out of a horror movie when it stops and there's wolves underneath you, that sort of fucking thing. <laughs> and the way, the easy way back down was closed. The only way to get back down at this point was to go to the start of the black road. Because so you couldn't possibly go back down the lift. And I'm guessing not. That's I'm guessing. Not. <laughs> I didn't. I there don't is know. that option. Bear in mind, I'm eight, so I can't, I can't be reasoning with my dad at yeah. this point. I can't be like, Dad, are you sure we could just go? Could we? Well, with his background and everything, he probably wouldn't want to. Yeah. So, he'd so run yeah. the risk. <clears throat> I'm in between his skis. So for those of you, well, again, you're, you're only listening to this one because I'm not videoing it. So you've got my dad at 5'11", six foot, whatever, with his eight-year-old son, who is still only five foot seven. So at that point, it's probably all of three foot. Elbows resting on his knees. We start going down a a run that Olympians use. And the first corner, I'm being controlled by my dad at this point. So I'm guessing at this point, this is the bit that he goes, this is the, the bit that you could hurt yourself. Yeah. Because as we go around the corner, I look over and it's sudden death. Just that that's the side of the mountain and there's nothing else there. So we get past that bit already. I don't really like heights anyway, but that's shit me up. I'm shitting it. At this point, he decides he's going to ski down backwards for a bit and just film his son on this black run. So I'm just skiing now. <coughs> his only advice to me was, if at any point you feel a bit scared, fall backwards. So literally keep your feet in the skis, but like drop yeah, backwards yeah, yeah. and you'll slow yeah. down. It's far easier than doing it apparently. Apparently, it's probably he knows what I'm like, and it was like, there's absolutely no way I'm falling backwards. <laughs> if I'm going to fall, it's falling forwards. <clears throat> so we, anyway, we get past it a few, a few times that I was a little bit worried because you'd go from the nice snow to all of a sudden just, <laughs> and that's all you can hear all around. Cause you're just on fucking ice, <clears throat> and you yeah. speed the fuck up on that bit, don't you? And it's horrible. Get, I, I get snowboard. Eight, no poles or anything to, like, I don't know, even know if now, if that was good advice <coughs> or bad advice, because probably yeah. you want to stick your poles in or whatever. So anyway, fly around this whole thing, getting towards the end of it, realising that, uh, you know, it doesn't just get easier and just come out into a nice plateau. I'm at fucking terminal Darren velocity at this point. <laughs> and I went head first... <coughs> This, this is what, what, like, your story sparked in my head. Fucking head first into, like, a big pile where they've obviously cleared all the snow. By the way, yeah. To put next to the cafe. <clears throat> my dad said he had to pull me literally from my ankles because that's all that was left of me. I would have gone <laughs> straight into this pile like, like I was diving into a swimming pool and went all the way. And the only thing that stopped me going out the other side was my skis hitting the, uh, hitting the, the wall of snow. And uh, my mum went fucking berserk. She's like, oh, what are you bloody doing? Taking an eight-year-old up there, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> ski lift was broke. So that's my claim to fame. Anytime yeah. any, anybody says to me, like, oh, Darren, you haven't skied for years. Like, yeah, I know, but eight, I went down a fucking <laughs> yeah. black run. So I reckon I'll be all right. An Olympian run at that. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're, they're great holidays, mate. We're trying to, it would be good. It, the thing is with a skiing holiday, when you get a skiing holiday, you've got to get a group that's, of a similar sort of ability yeah because if you've got a few out there well if you've got one or two that haven't skied before mm -hmm. they're going to be in a group on their own doing lessons and learning yeah, yeah. whilst the rest of you are out having the most fun um 
but they are great. But um, <clears throat> but going back to to the to Norway as a whole, it's um, yeah, it's a special place, though, mate. It's the whole I've always wind, wanted to go. Yeah, winter sports as a whole as well. Um, I love it, mate. Anything involved with snow on mm-hmm. in, it's great fun. I, I only snowboard now. Yeah, you ski. Um, <clears throat> I started skiing, but then when I was at the dive school at the time, um, a friend of mine was going out to Austria for three days, and he said, oh, why don't you come? I'll, I'll teach you how to snowboard. And I went out, and I did three days of snowboarding, picked it up relatively quick, and uh, I never put a set of skis on since. I, mm. I, lo- I love the feeling a bit more on yeah. the turn-ins and stuff, um, especially when you get into the more powdery sort of zones or if you go off-piste yeah. and you're you're on a, a, a respectable gradient going yeah. downhill, the the turns going in, it's just, oh, mate, it's a great feeling. Because there is a bit of a divide in the sort of snow sports thing, isn't there, with skiers and Oh, yeah, I think it's the gaze on trays and pricks with sticks, yeah. I think, is what they call each other. Yeah. But... Um, I don't. I don't give a fuck about skiers or, yeah. or snowboard. I don't care what you do. Like I go on skiing holidays now with Jen. She skis. We yeah. tried. <clears throat> we tried um, a day of snowboarding with her, um, which didn't go well, and it hurt her. And she was like, "There were some like tough falls because if you yeah. catch a front edge of a board at some speeds, it's it's hard, mate. Especially yeah. if you're on well groomed slopes. It's not a soft landing." And um, I think a day of that and a lot of frustration was building up. And the fact that it was only a five or six day skiing holiday, yeah. you don't want to waste time, mate. Yeah. Especially when on good weather days, you, you want to beast all the runs and cover as much ground as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, she switched back to skis. But I board, she skis, and mate, we had a great time. Our last trip in Italy was was class. Yeah. Um, it is it is good. But, um, yeah, any, anything to do with cold weather... I'm always. Uh, I'm the opposite. <clears throat> yeah, the 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 thing about Norway, the two the two I guess the two worst experiences, or when I look back now, they were quite good to talk about, but not fun to experience at the time. Was I think we did like a five or six day survival where we were literally in a fucking snow hole for the. We lived in a snow hole for five six <laughs> days, <clears throat> eating a deer which we just killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one was the ice breaking drills when you simulate crossing a lake mm-hmm. and then that going through. So they cut out like, and it's all controlled obviously, yeah. but you just have to go through the simulation of going through. So we were blindfolded and you literally, you start bollock naked with just your cam whites, you know, like um, they're like your white camouflage things. Mm-hmm. They're really thin, um, like material that you wear. And uh, yeah, and you get your boots on and your Bergen and you, you're blindfolded and they just say, right, go forward. And then, yeah, you just <clears throat> do the inevitable, fall into the into the lake and you've got to throw your Bergen out. You've got to prove that you can throw your kit out. Yeah. Get your poles, stab your poles in, pull yourself out to your waist. Mm-hmm. Um, number rank name, pull yourself out completely. Then I think you roll in the snow. They give you a shot of whiskey. And then it's a, a sprint, a mad dash to the to the tent for wet and dry drills yeah. to change over back into dry kit. Because obviously, as you can imagine, <clears throat> you go down quite quickly if yeah, you don't yeah. if you don't get the cold, wet stuff off in minus yeah. twenty or colder. Shit can start going south for you quite quickly. It's, see, the thought of doing things like that to me, I'm just like, no, nah, 
Yeah. But like I wouldn't if I was there. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd be more than willing to just crack on and get it fucking done. Yeah. Me, me and Sean were talking on his uh, on the last episode that um, I did with him, and he was like, because I said to him, I said, "Come on then," as a joke, because I know what the outfit. I said, "Who's winning a in a paintball fight out of me and you?" And he was like, "Well, me, of course." I'm quite sneaky though, and he was, like, he was like, "Yeah, I could see you being a sniper." He said, "You're small." He said, "You can, you, you fucking little sneaky." Fucker. Yeah, I guess you could fit the criteria. Yeah, bit, yeah. Um, and and I was saying to, I said, "Like now would be like the worst time." Yeah. If, if it was like right, you're of age. We don't care about the asthma. We're going into world war. It'd be the worst time because oh, I've spent mate. so much yeah. time not in the army or yeah. the air force or the or the or the navy. Oh, be horrific! And it'd be like, do you want to jump out of this plane? <clears throat> no. Why? Because um, it's not falling out <laughs> of the sky. <laughs> so, <laughs> mate, no, it, it would be bad for someone who served as well. It would yeah. suck for someone who served. And like, I wouldn't want to go back. And I did my jumps course in the military. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go back and do my. Uh, LLP yeah. which is the static line the low level static yeah, yeah. line parachuting um, mate I remember I we do the lowest we jump now with skydiving is 5,000 feet Yeah, it's a hop and pop sort of jump and you still get a bit of, a few seconds of free fall before not, not great you get jump. loads of time basically in comparison and I think the qualifying jump on the low level parachuting course within the military it's at 600 feet and it's like the doors open I remember you know Richie McCann don't you yeah me and Richie McCann were on the same uh, course I was number one at the door he was always number two and I, and I remember the door opening and you get the red on yeah and you're looking at green the door and then stations. green on go <laughs> but the, the the door opens mate and 600 fucking feet even then when I was like 20 or 19 20 however old I was I was like to the jump master, are you sure we're high enough? Because oh, yeah. this is fucking low. I can see time. the car's registration yeah. number. Like it's, it was ridiculous, mate. And like from the time you've jumped to landing, it's like 10 seconds, mate. It's nothing. Because yeah. you're free fall for three, four seconds until you're fully under canopy, till that's fully opened. And you're already jumping at 600 feet. So you've literally probably got 150 to 200 feet under canopy yeah. if that and uh, yeah you're hitting the ground mate with your kit as well so you've got to pull your donkey's dick mm -hmm. <clears throat> which for those who are listening and don't know what a donkey's <laughs> dick is it's a little cord that you pull which releases your equipment um, and then that equipment <clears throat> dangles down on like a 15 foot rope so when you land that hits for the ground first mm -hmm. so basically you're not landing with 100 pounds of kit on your legs yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're not breaking your legs which someone did on my jumps course here. Uh, I had a Royal Marine that forgot to pull his cord and uh, broke his tib and fib on oh. both legs, mate, as well. And uh, he was RTU'd, mate, yeah, yeah back. And, and uh, I, I don't know whether he... I imagine he probably went back to do his course again. Um, but that'd a bit be, of a psychological a, barrier yeah. there, isn't there? <laughs> oh, oh. How did your last one go? Broke both of my tib and fibs. Cool. Um, um, yeah. Well, oh, going back to the old man as well. His first jump was out of a balloon. Mate, that is on my to-do list. He says it's I horrible. Fuck. He says it's horrible. Yeah, well, because I... Because you get... You know how... There's no wind, is there? It's, it's, it's just a, silent as well. well and what, he, what he said was that um, like when you when you jump out of an aeroplane or a helicopter... Yeah. Right, helicopter's slightly worse, but 
when you jump out of a, a moving vehicle, it's moving in a forward direction. So when you jump out of it, you don't get that fairground exactly feeling. Yeah, not in a not in, no, an no, air, no. Uh, in a hot air balloon. Balloons just nothing. Yeah, it's a, I I almost did one in uh, last time I was in California, but um, last minute the uh, got winded out. It was blowing too hard. So um, would you try base <clears> jumping? I would. The only type of base jumping that I would do is off like the cliffs of Norway or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Some, some off some cliffs in Norway anyway, where you still get a bit of free fall time. Mm-hmm. The fucking lunatics that jump off a bridge the, with the, their parachute in their hands. The pylons as well. Yeah, they've got. Yeah. Or pylons where they're literally just jumping and it's just coming out straight away. No, no, thank you. About, uh, <clears throat> not really what about into the that. Suit? The flying squirrel suit. I do that. that, but that's complicated because you've got to have that's a minimum. Andy Stump, the guy I was talking to you about before we were. Oh he's, yeah. He's got like records in them things. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's a good documentary actually um, on Netflix called "Breaking Under Pressure" or something like that, or "Don't Break Under Pressure." Mm-hmm. I think it's called just "Breaking Under Pressure," and it it's basically a documentary of big wave surfers, mm-hmm. epic off-piece skiers that go off these cliffs and shit. Um, and the other one <clears throat> is like kite surfing, and they also have these squirrel sewers in there, which, yeah. oh my god, well, Andy they, might be on that, they're they? just uh, they're just unbelievable. But they're death, the close proximity flying to the rocks, yeah, and around the mountains so, that they you, do is just you seen that insane. One where the guy hits the bridge? Uh, oh it? yes, uh, and the body parts are just all flying all over, yeah. aren't they? Uh, that's stinking I was never going to do it and but that's again pushing things to the ultimate extreme like <clears throat> there's those and they, they fly through that what? there's that famous rock isn't there with the big hole yeah. in the middle that they've all flown through And but to me I see that video and my brain just immediately goes A he would have known <coughs> that was going to happen few minutes before uh, a few seconds milliseconds even because he would have done a turn or something and he would have just realized because you obviously to be able to do that you've got to your reaction speed has got to be so quick that he's obviously misjudged something and it's in front of him and then it's like oh bye yeah Uh, literally yeah at least it's a quick death that's why i always say it's not a long painful suffering one but i like my brain immediately then <laughs> like you're gone mate death. it's over it's a quick death but for some reason I had a cartoon image in my head then that he hit the bridge and the death continued so he could still feel it because he was going like like uh, some sort of way it yeah. obviously doesn't it obviously lights out yeah but in my head then you're he was like is it though has he hit that and he's just like his brain might still be firing just going oh for fuck's sake yeah you wouldn't and pull, would you? You just go. But the thing is, with these parachute <coughs> devices now, they jump with a thing called a Cypress in in the parachute device. So in the parachute itself, sorry. So, <clears throat> for example, if I jumped out of the plane and I hit my head on the tail wing or yeah. or, or on something, and I became unconscious throughout freefall. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not conscious to pull my mane. So then, your Cypress is a device in your in your parachute where if by say 700 feet it recognizes that you're still free falling at terminal velocity yeah um there's a device as an automatic opening device uh, built in your and it just yeah. fires out your reserve parachute yeah so you still got a fighting chance you still have a pretty rough landing 
And the reason why they have it so low is as well, because you wouldn't want your Cypress firing out at 2,000 feet. If you were... If you were unconscious, yeah. because you'd still... You'd potentially fly God knows like how many bird, miles. You'd, 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 yeah, you'd exactly. At least if it's firing at yeah. 600 feet or 700 feet, it's going to fire and you'll land relatively close to the drop zone. I suppose um, if you're unconscious as well, it's a bit like... Yeah. Like you're, gonna la- you're not going to land ideally... But because you're not in any sort of rigid state, prob- probably, I mean, you might be fitting. You're landing so you're at 30 mile an hour, up, up to 30 soft, mile soft an hour, well, soft, as opposed to fucking 150 miles an hour yeah. or 200 miles an hour. But was um, that lad that I went to school with? He was in my year, wasn't it? Uh, Stephen Hilda. Do you remember him? Mate, I, they still haven't figured that out. No. They still don't know whether that was... Um, Murder. I think Morris told me, he was listening to a podcast not so long ago, uh, unsolved mysteries, I think it was called. Yeah, there's, so, there's an unsolved mystery on, on Netflix. Netflix. I might Steven be getting confused. He's on a podcast or on a program. He's not. He's I'll confirm and I'll let you know. Yeah, he's not himself, but he hit the, the ground pretty hard. By, <laughs> yeah, by all the story itself is on there. Um, I think they found the scissors which cut the cords, but nobody knows whether it was suicide or murder. I, I know quite a few people who have committed suicide, unfortunately. Yeah. It doesn't tend to be that elaborate. It tends to be pretty deliberate. And... Yeah. It's usually... Usually, I'll say, it's usually... a way that it's it, it's pretty inevitable that death is going to happen, if you know what I mean. People who, like, take an overdose and then tell somebody doesn't tend to be somebody that is going to go through <coughs> and they just want some help. So I can't... I mean, you're going to die if you cut the cords of your own parachute. Of the main and reserve, yeah. But that's a pretty elaborate way for someone to just kill them. That sounds a lot to it's me. It's a great way to die. If you're going to kill yourself, I think it's an epic way to die because... Oh, well, maybe. Like, I didn't even think get, about it that You're way. getting a buzz from the actual freefall. Do you think you black out before you... I don't know. Become Possib- one, one with nature because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I don't. I don't know. Who knows? No, I don't think anyone can have the answer to that unless yeah. you know. Um, unless the squirrel guy comes back and he did, yeah, he did <laughs> unless he comes back and goes. Was, actually, I was still sober at this point. Still conscious at this yeah. point. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like in my head, like when he hit that that bridge and he came out the other side. He just like went into another dimension, and he's he's making oh. his way back. Yeah, mate, he's done. But it's he's, over. He's, like his body's there, but his consciousness went into the fucking stratosphere, came back. Yeah, and he, he'll say yeah. But Hilda, they had loads of footage of him, didn't they, on the plane of like high fiving every time just before you jump. Usually, you do this fucking gay fist pump thing, yeah. and you know, say yeah, good jump, man, and all yeah. this shit, you know. And there's him. With, him doing all of this and smiling and all happy for the camera then it's like that's probably not the normal behavior oh, if no, you know you that you're going to jump out without a freaking parachute but also on the flip side of that is quite often when people do decide that if they've been depressed and they do decide they're going to kill <clears> themselves they're happy because they, they, they know found it, a solution they, they know it's over so, yeah and unfortunately for quite a few of my friends that have done it and you yeah. you've had a few people that you've grown yeah, up with yeah, i know because yeah. uh, we know the same people yeah um that they start behaving completely differently they, like, they've been down in the dumps yeah. and all of a sudden 
Yeah. Who seemed like, oh, oh brilliant. I mean, um, spoke to a police officer once that he went to a case, a guy fucking laid out on a railway tracks. Yeah. Decapitated completely, not, oh. not, I mean, this has taken a fucking dark turn. Yeah. But, um, yeah, <coughs> complete, like, completely <laughs> smushed by, as you would be, by yeah. any... Those who are still thinking about parachuting, <laughs> yeah. please don't think this is what happens on a normal day-to-day basis. Yeah. It's, it's really a fun sport. Um, so definitely get into it. Yeah. Uh, but I've, yeah, the, the been... squirrel suits is where I think where we went, started yeah. going off on a tangent. Yeah, we, we draw but, the line at a squirrel suit. But they're, they're, they're great, but they're da- they are dangerous. There's no question about that. And people need to acknowledge that fact. Like, yeah. for example, my only experience with a squirrel suit is I watched two guys do it. Someone who was up and learning how to do it, basically. You've got to jump with an instructor. Mm-hmm. You've got to have... The, the, the tough thing about doing the squirrel suit is you've got to have the currency. So I think you've got to do... You've got to have over 500 jumps, I believe. And you've got to have done 250 within a six-month or 12-month period. It's something... There's some rules like I've that. I've got a question, though. Go on. So you have to do all of this now. Yeah. It's for currency. Who the fuck let the first guy have a go? Well, yeah. That's like everything there. You've got to take your hat off to that crazy (coughs) bastard. Take your hat off Um, and just go, mate, look what you've done. Yeah, I know. This is mental. Yeah. Can you you imagine? I've got got an idea, Steve. What's that then? I've got a squirrel suit. suit. (laughs) You'd be like that. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) But the drama that you see is so on this jump that I was on with these other two lads, I wasn't actually, ju- I was on the same load as them, but I didn't actually jump with them. So these two boys jumped and we'd all landed and got back to the hangar. We were packing and um, they, and Chris, think, Chris, yeah, Chris, <laughs> the guy who was, <laughs> who was leading it was like, mate, you're not fucking jumping this suit anymore. Um, you need more currency, you need to do this, that, and the other. He was like, you're not jumping again today. That was fucking beyond dangerous. Because basically, as you're out, um, it's hard to explain what a squirrel suit is. So Google it if you're not sure what a squirrel suit is. Well, it's basically, uh, if you know what a fly-in squirrel, squirrel which I like. do, I've yeah. seen the, the real ones. Yeah. It's All basically, of, from your hands to your feet, you've got wings. Extra surface area, extra yeah. uplift. Um so when this guy goes and pulled his, when he went to pull his parachute, sorry, he collapsed the one arm. I think you've got to, don't quote me on this, but I think you've got to bring both arms back to like um, take away that extra well, of surface you area. Spin, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. So this guy, without thinking, pulled how he would normally pull, like so how I would pull. Spinning and he's got a parachute. Lost fucking, fucking control, mate. Couldn't even reach his pull cord. Oh, I Couldn't, suppose in some ways. That's maybe better. No, if he'd it's a fucking to, bad place to but be. But if mate. he's if he's put pulled it and spinning, surely that's going to fuck up the. Well, yeah, I guess what I see am your I point. talking about. I, I mean, I've been in a fair few planes with parachutes on, but from not. a very young age, because <laughs> that guy's a lunatic. I told you that already. <laughs> yeah. But, and I could I could probably do everything I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Even now, from memory, because it was drummed. Oh into yeah, me. it will be. Yeah. But. <coughs> no, but this guy I've got went. No experience, guys. So if like, don't, literally, just listen to Webby on this subject. <laughs> I figured that if you've if you've taken one side though, like physics, exactly, you right. take one side yeah. out of a <clears throat> a surface area, and you're travelling 
in a downward direction, it's going to make yeah. it spin. Yeah, absolutely. And he went uncontrolled. He couldn't even then reach his own fucking cord to. to so what happens in that instance? Does the instructor have to sort of try and fucking death dive? Does he down? fuck, mate? No, yeah. you save your own life, mate. And it sounds selfish as shit, but that's just how it is. He went off, did his correct drills, and and landed safely because the guy managed he to, wants to survive. Up. No, well, remember I told you before about the Cypress device. If I go unconscious, oh, I see. <clears throat> he couldn't reach his fucking cord. Cypress goes off. Cypress activated, mate. So and and he landed out in the middle of nowhere. So as you can imagine, as dizzy well, dizzy as fuck as well. Yeah, and also <laughs> and also like. Um, he would have done a route which take brings flies him back over the drop zone anyway, but he was still very far out from the drop zone um, when his Cypress uh, activated yeah. or kicked or fired off, and um, he landed way out in, in the middle of a farmer's field, mate. And uh, Chris was just like, "That was just crazy. One of the most unsafe <laughs> jumps <laughs> I've probably been on." You're not to do it for a while. Mm -hmm. You should go and build up your skydiving jumps as a whole. And, and yeah, there, yeah, was, yeah. there was loads of various like contributing factors as to why it was quite a bad jump. He, he kept mixing around his equipment as well, which isn't like the be all and end all, but you should become familiar with your own parachute yeah. and understand what it can and can't do and what it, what it can do in terms of performance because yeah. every canopy you've got so many different canopies that can perform so differently depending on the fucking size the shape and yeah, yeah, how yeah. you fly it and everything else um <clears throat> so uh yeah the the squirrel suits as fun as they look when you watch it all on the videos and that I'm out. they can also be at the same time very dangerous I say if, that, if not, i was into um, parachuting that'd be probably something i'm stupid mate well, no, because right. when you start you, you when you start doing your course, you you're jumping with a couple of instructors that are like, "Mate, this is fucked up." So my first ever skydive, I forgot to pull my own parachute, <laughs> <laughs> and as retarded as that sounds, it is the god's honest truth. Because I did all my drills, I was flapping because I was thinking, "Oh fuck, I've got to do all these." The instructors yeah. tell you, "Right, we want to see you do this, check in and check out of the door and." do all these checks in in freefall so you're checking your alley yeah but i wasn't actually checking my alti i was just looking at it going yeah it looks fucking good dials moving okay. and doing all of this and then obviously when you're learning at five i think they say at five thousand or whatever you uh the, my drill at the time anyway was to when it gets to five thousand lock on so don't take your eye off your altimeter and when it gets to four and a half or four whatever it was they made you pull out you you do a <clears throat> you do it you do a wave mm -hmm. and the wave is for if somebody's above you and they see you to wave you're gonna they know that you're about to dump and so you need to need take to a right or a way. left and get the fuck out of the way yeah. um <clears throat> so yeah i got to four and a half and then i would just wear back looking at it going ah. <laughs> i was loving the free fall so yeah. much and then the instructor to my right just went just pull my pull my parachute for me <laughs> i got into my parachute and i was like oh i fucked up there yeah, should have pulled <laughs> he, did, he did let me off though he went your drills were fine he said and you're definitely not the first person to forget and that's the only time you would ever forget to but that's that's why you, you want decent that's why you've got an instructor there yeah but um <laughs> what was i gonna say that that just brings me back to like driving for example oh mate how many mongs are on the road yeah, but how many of them have learned to do their fucking drills 
but can't fucking drive. Yeah, and I, mate, I, I'm pretty sure I had this debate with Jen the other day. We were rocked up to, at a roundabout, and I was like, "What is this fucking knob doing Why on the is road?" It driving? Uh, I understand that they have to. They have to have like everyone's boxes. Yeah. Why can you not just have an instructor that goes like go for a good couple of hours drive, and then be like, "Yeah, actually." You can drive. Yeah, but also though, mate, like, why don't you learn n- off the fucking main road? Go in yeah. a car park for two hours. Yeah, Start yeah. learning clutch controls and shit like that until you're confident enough where you're not stalling and pissing everyone off on the roads, mate. Because, t- oh, mate, the frustration, my frust- I'm so short-tempered when it comes to driving. Mate. I know, I've been, I've, it's I've, just... I remember coming out of the gym the one day and some woman didn't pull out to turn right so you went out you were fucking screaming <laughs> you went out around her to the left and then overtook her out of a junction <laughs> I mean some people I'm like how much time do you need to pull out of a junction just fucking go um, but yeah I, I, I'm not like I don't I don't want to come across as like um, an aggressive driver although I probably on paper am but at the same time, come on, yeah. like, you, you, some of these guys, mate, they cause accidents. They yeah. cause more accidents than, you know, yeah, yeah. they do more harm than it, good. It, it actually brings me out, because I was thinking earlier, like, what subjects should I definitely talk about? And I was like, like Jim's obvious. Parachuting yeah. is sort of like a, a thing in my family, as you've seen from, like, my old man and stuff. And, like, Mason just randomly on one pa- podcast started talking about it spoke to him about it last time it's always been something that's been around me so I would definitely have a chat to you about that motorbikes uh-huh. now I know you used to I had a G- had a Jixxer a GSXR and that's something that the two of us can talk about 600 I... yeah I had a Suzuki <clears throat> what a bike mate loved it um, blew the fucking engine up on the bastard thing for I Everyone thinks that I might have put the throttle on it a bit too hard, but I don't think so. Um, but love the bike, mate. And I was sad to see it go. And I've just been, I don't know if it was a lockdown thing or not, but I'm, I'm still, toying I still with- am toying with the idea of getting another bike now. Um, but this time I don't want a sport bike as such like that. I'd like a, <clears throat> a more of an easy rider. Yeah. Um, obviously a Harley, they're great. A, tr- a Triumph looks looks amazing the only thing about that is because they're they're fashionable should we say they've never been out of fashion should we say no if you're into bikes yeah you can get a Harley or a Triumph or they're so good they look good they sound great is it an Indian yeah 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 yeah. they probably have to change that name now they don't (laughs) like that Um, they like they're fa- they've never gone out of fashion. No. So if you try and buy an old one thinking you're going to get a good price, you're probably going to end up paying more. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. I mean, I've, I remember when I, I, I've had no end of problems with my two-wheeled friends since I started riding bikes. I, I drove to Shrewsbury on my first 125. Yeah. Blew the tyre out on the way back. Have you got a full bike licence now? No, no. You still need to get amongst that. Yeah, yeah. Um, please tell me you've got your bloody car licence by now no still not no. what the I don't know how you survive mate how'd you get oh you, you've got your bike here though haven't you yeah this one I, I, don't, I don't go anywhere now mate I just go to and from work at the yeah. moment um, and yeah so I was driving back and fucking tyre blue so I had to wait around for two hours <clears throat> yeah 
somewhere in between Shrewsbury and Hereford waiting for my pickup cover to go and get me. He then told me, oh, I can only take you for X amount of miles. So I ended up somewhere else. <laughs> Usually it's just to the closest garage, isn't it? Yeah, he that didn't, couldn't, he that didn't couldn't. It was Sunday, I think. Never yeah. Know, nowhere open. So I had to wait. While I was waiting, this guy rocks up on his Harley. He's, he's getting like a, a tune-up or something done on it. And I was like, I said, it was like all matte black. It was epic, fantastic. Yeah. And he was like, was like that is a really nice bike, mate. I said, I'm not one of these people that normally stops people that have got, you know, if someone drives by in a Ferrari or something, I'm like, nice car, mate. Not like that normally, just sort of like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. But that is a beautiful bike. He went, you can have it if you want. Like, oh yeah, how much are you selling it for? Fifty grand. <laughs> I'm there. I've, I've got my Yamaha one two five. Yeah. And then uh, I don't. I do, 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 do you do part? Ex- was, do you do part exchanges? I don't think it was fifty grand, yeah, but it was up there. It was like one of those you go. Oh, well, I'm never getting a Harley. Then, <laughs> yeah. I'm never. No, you have- can you can pick up um, you can pick up a decent one for probably around the eight nine mark. Yeah. Um, obviously spankers through Harley direct you're looking at more 15 yeah one of them I'm better I think, off with a Harley I think I, that barely goes above about 30 mile an hour you can yeah, yeah, I know you can still get rack some, up some speed on one of them bad boys I tell you um, I think it's just one of them like I probably went around the 150 mark 16 I think 155 or 60 it topped out for my because it was a 600 yeah so you see but I think I did that two or three times at the absolute most yeah. and it was done in the safest of places and i mean if that even exists yeah, doing yeah. those speeds on a motorbike but it was on an empty road with no one in front of me for a good two miles like yeah. i could you could see the stretch of road for like you know the a couple of seconds at that speed yeah <laughs> but you know like the bird lip to the m4 yeah, like yeah, yeah. that that uh siren Sester swindon road i think mm-hmm. it's the a417 that's a good road to speed on like yeah. it's an easy road to speed on um and it would be it would have been like in those that sort of um on that road for example yeah like when, it, when it's I, quiet um, have you have you ever seen <clears> the bmw k1300 r i think it is over the s is uh, it's a naked bike so it's not a sport bike yeah i th- i would you know it they don't know how fast it can go what on the road because because it's, it's a, a naked, 1300 you say right yeah but well they'll all top out or something yeah but they but no one's ridden it to its full potential because it's naked <clears throat> so you're sat upright so you can't physically hold on to it once it gets to a certain speed, because it's not set up like a sport bike, where you're, oh, yeah, where your yeah. pedals are not behind you, which you yeah. can get some sort of traction to stay on the bike. Right, you're sat upright, and it's. So you I, just I've get seen to it a... on the Nuremberg Ring. It's literally accelerating all the way through to like two hundred. Is it nearly to like? I think it's like one hundred eighty miles an hour. It's still accelerating, and the only reason it's not accelerating anymore is because they hit a corner. Jesus. And then uh, obviously the the riders seen in the distance are like oh, I'm gonna have to fucking well 1300s a big engine on a bike yeah. a huge engine on a bike you and obviously you don't need that in any situation oh mate no not at all and obviously there with a bike your RPM goes up to mm-hmm. tens of thousands isn't it ten twelve maybe fourteen thousand yeah. I'm trying to remember now um, 
So obviously, if you're thrashing a thirteen hundred up at that sort of pace in Top Gear, yeah, it's gonna go. It's gonna I go. Wanna, I want to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be quick for sure. But they are they're great fun. I I'd only realistically speaking, I'm just a dry weather rider. I'm not. I'm not into. I am the now because the times I like off and get in the came car. Off. Yeah, I came off so many times. Broken yeah. collarbones, smashed up knees. Yeah. I'm just, I like the idea now of getting a bike and just just cruising on a Sunday or a Saturday. Go over to Wales somewhere in the valleys. Exactly. Where yeah. <clears throat> or stick the missus on the back, drive to a country pub, roast dinner. Touring bikes is always. Yeah. Really and, then a, and then a cruise back home. So I've always thought about the whole, like doing Scotland on a touring bike, but then Scotland's where there's worse <clears> than Wales. So. You plan that, mate. That's, that's impossible. Literally. Yeah. And I don't fancy a motorbike ride from Hereford to Scotland either. That would be don't, stinking. Don't, Imagine that just on the M5 MC. <laughs> oh, God. Nah. No thanks. You'd have to listen to this podcast because that fucking... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to edit this fucker. I've almost finished his pint, so you yeah, can call it a day. Have you got a, No. It's up. No. I've just said, oh, what the fuck. <laughs> The we'll listeners are going to go, yeah, cool podcast, man. I was to turn it off after an hour, <laughs> but you just kept going on and on and on. No, um, I think we covered loads. So, um, we have, I, it's been I, a good chat. I've enjoyed it. I mean, it. if anybody's like anybody that listens that is still listening at this point, I don't, I don't actually know. Well it's done to a, them. Um, at this point, I'm going to try and bring out the, the segments that I, um, I want to, I should do this early doors. Yeah, because mate, if you Cause ask no me now, listening. if you ask me now as well, no, is no, this no, the no. underrated? No, no, no. That, I'll finish on that. But the the ne- the first one I want to say is what irrational fears or something that scared the shit out of you when you were a kid that you when look I was a back, kid. that you look back on. I can give you an example just just so that so um, sure, I'll give you last week's example. Sean said to me that when he was at primary school. One of the boys was there, and they were like, "Hey, Sean, have you heard of that that ghost?" <laughs> and Sean was like, "Talking about ghosts." He was like, "That ghost that lives in your pipes at, at home called Pipes." And Sean was like, "A ghost called Pipes? Yeah, you know he's coming if the um, if he starts playing a tune. So you know when the heating comes on, it like starts clanking. <laughs> yeah, that's what he saw. And Sean was fucking terrified." <laughs> At night when the heat's yeah, coming on, he's like, oh, shit. oh, he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I don't know. I can't think right now off the top of my head. There must have been like, a story or something like oh, that. Mate, there would have been loads of things that shit me up, no doubt. But I was, I was the most scared kid. I was scared of everything. Really? Yeah. I got another one. I, I, so I gave Sean an example to give him somewhere to come from. Because <sighs> yeah. we're like the boys that I um, used to hang around with in, you know, where my mum lives, so you ran around that sort of area. They were all a few years older than me. Yeah. And like COVID wasn't a thing back in the late 80s, early 90s, but AIDS was. And I <laughs> ran over a Johnny once on my, and they told me that I might have AIDS. AIDS. Then they told me I might have AIDS on my bike tires. <laughs> and then one of the other boys said, yeah, and you know how, you know if you've got AIDS, they send you a little coffin with congratulations, you've got AIDS on it. <laughs> Mate, I sat, I didn't sleep for weeks waiting for the postman 
Like, <laughs> from the time I went to bed, just waiting to hear if, like, the letterbox went or anything. Yeah. I was thinking, fuck, they're going to get me. <laughs> Honestly. Like, how silly is that? That's even more silly than the ghost pipes. Mate, I'm going to be really boring here. I just, I, I genuinely can't think right now of what scared me as a kid. Probably, there was probably loads, but yeah. I physically right now cannot remember like something that really shit me up as a kid. I, I was quite well protected when I was a kid. Yeah. My mum and dad didn't like throw me into any sort of um, dangerous situations, if you will. Or like a black run in Germany. Like a black run in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I never went through that sort of... Um, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, get, I'll, I'll put another one out there then. So, so, again, this is with kids that were a little bit older than me. Yeah. And this whole thing came about because of watching Stranger Things. And I, when I watched it, I obviously had nostalgia watching Stranger Things. And then I was starting to think, this has come from somewhere. Somebody was scared of like what's happening in this 80s situation. Because it was the 80s. They, probably mate yeah that, that, that's where through the various in, fucked up dreams even like yeah yeah, yeah. So, so it's come from somewhere because it was the 80s yeah you it's not like now so George for example could Google get a device out of a pocket and just Google whether something's true or not <clears throat> whereas you had to fucking figure it out when like back then because you had no other than the excitement other than your, your yeah your, your parents were the answer weren't they yeah so um this what this is like just being naughty kids around about the same sort of age as I ran over a Johnny. No wonder kids are so fucking smart nowadays, though, right? Smart, but also sensitive. Well, yeah, very, very yeah, sensitive at that. She, uh, <coughs> so, so no, I, there were. I'm trying to think if you'd know anybody from where I'm talking. So if you go up from Dizzy's house, yeah, um, you can get up to sort of where my old house was via the um, pharmacy. Yeah. It's like a slip road. Yeah, 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 I know where you right, are. So round about that area, yeah. there would, like I would very rarely get, like this is, I always say this to my brother, it's funny. Like I would, I always stuck to the same places mm. when I was a kid. Like it'd either be Gorsey Lane Park or the quarry. If someone yeah. said go to the far away one, which is like Gurney Avenue, yeah. that, that end, like where Alan Campbell used to live yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know I think yeah. he lives down yeah. that way anyway <clears throat> I'd be like ah, that's not that's not where I go but from time to time we'd go, always go to this place and it was like a, a big bush which was the side of this person's house clearly Yeah. but you could get under the bush and all of a sudden you'd get to this area and it was basically their garage which hadn't been men- maintained I think it was just must have been an old couple and you could get inside the garage and there was like old sports cars that were underneath sheets and we'd always go in there and we'd think that there was like if we got caught in there there was always an, the old man that come would out come out with a fucking pitchfork or something like that <laughs> like, we're, like what I guess what am I, I was... talking about but also at the same when, when you're that little just being caught doing yeah. something wrong is like terrible but I've broken into someone's house and I'm rummaging through their garden I'm only doing it because the kids are older <clears> than me they're going damn yeah. you're small get through there you look at these things and, and then the stories come out of that yeah you do you do know who that guy is don't you yeah he, he used to stick people um, he used to hang people yeah he used to hang people he used to hang people from these rafters and then he'd stick them in um, 
metal bins out the garden. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like things like yeah, that. That's just like stu- <laughs> I guess going back to your first one though, I do remember, I guess ghosts, like that whole spiritual yeah. sort of like, oh, the ghost, uh, you know, they're going to get you at night or that type of thing. And I do remember having one experience as a kid and I was going around and I was hitting golf balls with my granddad's golf clubs and um, it was in Bodnum. And where Bodnum Primary School is, it's right next to a church and a mm-hmm. graveyard. And I remember, and, I, and I, I'm absolutely shit at golf, I can't even hit a ball right now. But I cracked this ball and it went right near the, the graveyard. And I remember just almost, mate, it was a warm day. I was in shorts, t-shirts, and um, I remember just hitting this zone, mate, or this, this wall. And mate, I just went freezing cold. And I was like, I'm, I'm in a ghost. I'm, I <laughs> I'm in I've a just ghost. stepped into a ghost. I don't know what's just happened. Mate, and I had like, you know, you get like, all you go all shivery, yeah, your yeah, hairs yeah. go on on end. And mate, I just went freezing cold from literally taking one step to, an, to the next step. I just went freezing cold, mate. And I, I remember having to walk another three meters and I remember looking at the graveyard thinking, fuck me, am I surrounded by just like a load of spirits now or a spirit which is just like around me making me yeah. feel this way now, mate. And that freaked me out as like a eight, nine-year-old kid. I genuinely yeah. just, I sprinted and I got the ball and I just, and I pegged it back to the, back into the warm yeah. zone, if you will. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, what was that? And I guess like that whole <clears throat> the ghost thing as a child anyway when I was younger would be would probably be the main thing that yeah used to shit F- me. It's funny out. you say that. You you must remember St Paul's Church. Yeah. Do you know as you go in? So I've been Ham- there a few times. Hampton Dean School behind you, and you're walking in that way. Yeah. As you walk in on the right hand side, there's a big angel. Uh, yeah. A, a, yeah. 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 It's a grave stone I don't know if that would be classed as a gravestone but it's obviously somebody who had money yeah got buried there got this massive angel with all the wings and everything some fucker told like some fucker told the scare most scared kid of all time that like I literally it's it's still a thing now so I will watch anything on serial killers anything at all you put something supernatural in there and my brain immediately goes that's real <laughs> See, now I'm like ghost bollocks. No yeah, chance. but no, no, I am. I am, until yeah. I watch it on the telly. That's why I just point blank refuse. Is it scary? Yeah, not watching it. Because <laughs> I'll go outside afterwards, just be in my garden with my two dogs, hear the slightest little... I'm like, ah, they're coming, the vampires. <laughs> I know damn well they're not real, but my brain like, and my body reacts like it is. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, somebody told me that on certain times of the year, that angel moves. <laughs> how old are you it would have been before high school <laughs> just flies off well no 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 it no, gets, it gets a few things and comes back but I remember I remember I was with um, Dan Maitland no it couldn't have been Dan Maitland who would it have been or it might have been it might have been Dan Maitland it might have been like year seven someone anyway I remember being like because they all like when you're a teenager, like there's some, why are there some mental teenagers that yeah. are just fearless? But yeah, yeah, we'll go up to the, we'll yeah. up to the should we go and hang out in the graveyard in the dark? I wouldn't do that now. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. 
like because if they are real, they're gonna get me. I know, <laughs> I know they are. So I think it was with Dan Maitland, and I swear to God that fucking thing moved. I think I was on rollerblades, and I don't. I think I reached terminal velocity roughly around the bus stop um, on the mini roundabout. On the mini roundabout, <laughs> yeah. I was fucking flying. <laughs> I don't think I even told Dan. I think I just left. <laughs> left him. Great bloke. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. The angel's coming for you. Barry? Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> oh. Yeah, so underrated, overrated then. Something that's underrated in your in your world. Or something that you think is really, really good that everybody else thinks is Can we pause? Can we pause? Yeah. Let me think about it. (laughs) Because again, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) So come on, we've had had a slight interval. (laughs) (laughs) These are the first things that I've just plucked from my ass. But I do. um, I think underrated is the um, Peroni tops. Have you tried one of those? Peroni tops. Yeah, with a they're basically a bottle of Peroni yeah. with a dash of lemonade at the top. Already in. Epic. Why have I not heard of this? I don't know. I only heard of this when Deej um, gave me one when I went round his house the other day. I was like, "What? How are these not like? This is insane." Why is no one thought of doing a lager dash? I don't. I don't know. I think that's underrated. Anyway, yeah. um, I, it doesn't get as much praise as what it should do. Anyway, put it that way. I used to only drink a lager dash when I first started having a pint. Right. Okay. My over my overrated sort of I guess experience would be Virgin Atlantic upper class. I sound like a right snobby prick right now, but yeah, very overrated. I. I've flown with Virgin twice, I think. Yeah, the upper class is basically an average business class at best. That's my overrated. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's my overrated. Well, their economy was fucking far superior to BA. Yeah, their economy's economy. Like, that's the... Their economy is the same across the board. Yeah. You know, like, in terms... You know, as good as economy can be on a long haul. But um, their upper class, mate, that's my overrated... Um, so, where that's not first class then? That's they don't have a first class. So they, that stops. That at is class. their first class. Is their upper class? Yeah, they have upper class, and then they have premium economy, which could be another underrated for me as well, actually. Right. Um, <clears throat> um, and then economy. I've only flown first class once, and that was because there was a space, and I was British, like a, I was a single flyer, so it was easy. Yeah. Brit, my, my from my like British Airways and any, any other airline that I've flown at the sharp end of the plane, mm. that they've you know um, destroyed Virgin hands yeah. down. Um, Which is something I never <coughs> thought would be said on my podcast. Yeah, well, destroyed Virgin. This, literally, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I took a left turn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. they 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 fucking price their tickets as well. They're not cheap. Yeah. Well, Webby, it's been an absolute fucking blast, and um, Pleasure, hopefully, I don't lose all of this footage. Otherwise, it's been <laughs> good luck editing this one. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> Take it cheers, easy. Obsessive. Obsessive. Obsessive.
Obsessive, inversive. 